LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less about the weather. We can all drown as far as I'm concerned today. I've had quite enough of this hot weather. I get out of the car this morning. I'm not a bitter person. Not at the moment. I will be in about five minutes. And I get out and the back of my shirt is soaking wet. Why? Because I'm sitting on cheap seats. Now, I'm not the sort of person who complains about, you know, the fact that most of the cars I travel in, except my own, do not have leather seats. I cannot sit on maquette. I don't care what what anybody says about it. I've seen it on the tube train and you have to keep your back off the uh, this sort of ribbed cheap velour stuff which I'm studying. Although actually having said that, I have been to the London Transport Museum and purchased cushions of the aforementioned maquette, but I don't actually sit on them. I just have them as something lovely to look at. I I bought about five different designs. Provides endless amusement for friends of mine who think I'm a complete and utter anorak. So I get out of the car this morning and I'm soaking wet. And when you get out in the back of your shirt, I don't know whether it's a thing, you know, because I'm a little bit overweight, I don't know. And you get out of the car and the back of my shirt is soaking. So I walk in there and I think, oh, it's horrible. When it hits the cold air, it's even worse. It's even worse. You sit there and you've got the, the wet shirt and you want to come in and take it off. But I am not the kind of person, even in the middle of summer, to take my shirt off. I'm not one of these chabs who walks up and down the high street, you know, displaying tattoos with mum, dad, and then the day that the pet hamster died and stuff like that. I don't do that kind of thing. What I tend to do is I tend to sit there and moan about it. So when they announced on the news yesterday, they said, by the way, the weather's going to break. It's going to be a really hot, humid day today. And I thought, fine, OK, hot and humid, I can cope with. And it could be up to 90 degrees. Fantastic. And then they've said thunderstorms and tomorrow flooding. Well, I literally let out a whoop, a whoop that you could hear the other side of Chingford, ladies and gentlemen. However, I have good news and bad news for you today. Uh, the good news is, I'm here till 6.30, the bad news is Peter Andre's got his girlfriend up the duff. They've only been going out for less than a year and already she's pregnant. So in other words, Peter, silly boy Andre, is having unprotected sex. Mind you, he's now got another TV channel to try and support and he's going to make out his life's quite interesting in some way, shape or form. And so she's pregnant. The baby's expected next year and he said, oh, it'll be lovely because Peter loves his kids. Although, I bet her parents are thrilled. What do you mean you're pregnant? You're 23, you're supposed to be going to university. You're pregnant? What does that mean you do now? Answer? Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. It's a shame, really, isn't it? It's a shame. I I credit her with a bit more uh, intelligence, but uh, it appears not so. He, of course, is quite desperate to have as many children as he can before he gets too ancient and haggard to actually look after the blooming things. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later. We culled loads of stories from the Sunday papers. Uh, More on... Liam Gallagher, the more it was so funny because on one of the papers it said, Liam Gallagher, I don't know what to do now, goes Nicole Appleton, one of the barking mad Appleton sisters. And so, and then I thought, well, you need to read the front page of The Sun because he said it's all over. And I didn't want to phone her up and say, listen, do check the papers because you're saying I don't know what's going to happen with my marriage. He's saying it's finished anyway. And then one of the, one of the, um, the columnists said, who in their right mind could ever sleep with a Neanderthal like Liam Gallagher? And it turns out apparently quite a few women are throwing themselves at him. There's a PA assistant in the papers today. She's been, been told to back off because apparently he can't run around anywhere, anywhere. In fact, even when he was with Patsy Kensett, I think he was having a bit of a fling there. Mel Smith dies. No surprise. I have to be honest with you, no surprise at all. He'd been ill for some time, ever since he turned up on hairspray. He didn't look very well then. There's uh, stories of the papers today, not just about prescription drugs, but about cocaine. It's an occupational hazard, I'm afraid, in the business. You could probably go through every television studio and discover at least, if you, if you sort of checked all the toilets, there would be traces of cocaine somewhere. It's, it's like an epidemic. It's half the price it used to be years ago. 
And I'm so glad I never got into it. I'm quite glad, actually, that I was one of those people for whom drugs kind of bypassed me. I knew people who did drugs, but I was far too mean to spend the money, so I didn't really care. You know, we used to smoke a Woodbine without a filter in it and think the Alsatian was melting in the corner. So that was about as far as it went with me. I never did that. I did. I mean, I didn't start drinking till I was 18. I didn't start dr- And I think the first drink I had was a Bacardi and Coke, and I felt woozy after one. Nowadays, I polish off a bottle without any, any trouble whatsoever. A bit like Duncan, when he said, all you want to do today is put your feet up. And what was it? Monarch of the Glen. God in heaven, what's the matter with that man, honestly? Monarch of the Glen, he, sits, he, he sent me a text the other day, because he likes things like that and some of the other... But I couldn't get into Monarch of the Glen if you, if you paid me £100 million, pounds, I'm afraid. Uh, PC Blakelock. They think a man is going to be, uh, is going to be charged. Uh, the Mirror today, we've done very well, haven't we? With, uh, with Froome. I think they'll be talking about that on breakfast today. And uh, Nicole, Papa Nicole, her pain on the front of the sun this morning. The first pi- Who cares? Who cares? It's, uh, it's a rock star and some girl who contributed. Not- what did the Appleton sisters ever do that you could think of straight off the top of your head? Nothing. Nothing at all. And so she's looking very strange. She's on holiday at the moment, struggling to come to terms with the, the fact that her husband, Liam, has a love child. Nobody was more surprised than the rest of us. We came up with loads of other names. When it was, when it was mooted originally, we were all thinking, who could it be? Who could-? And we, we all came up with loads of different names. And his, his name certainly wasn't among them. But, I mean, the, the Appleton sisters, barking mad, I'm afraid. And also, the royal, have we had the royal baby? No, we haven't. We're still sitting here waiting. I mean, God knows. Can't they induce by now? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how much longer? Even, I mean, even I'm getting bored with it. I couldn't care less now. I'm trying, I'm trying to sound as I'm interested, but I'm not really. I'm not really. The only journalists you're going to find down there in all the film crews are all overseas ones. Hardly anybody. They just go, it's a woman having a baby. You know, perhaps overseas they get very excited. And now it turns out that punters have lost more than £100,000 in bets on the royal baby, even before the thing's born. I think one of them, I think William Hill, have actually suspended betting. As if it makes any difference. Because people are going for the birth date, and then they were going for the name, and, and that, of course, would sort of tie with whether it's a boy or a girl. I mean, it's 50-50, isn't it? And the only thing I, I, I care about is just get it over and done with. Let's get the merchandise in the shops, and then we worry about it. Big story in the paper today on something that we did on Friday. And the Friday story was, there's no fans. You can't buy any fans. You know, we're totally useless in this country at actually going out there and actually buying fat, because there aren't any fans. There aren't any fans to get anywhere. I go to John Lewis yesterday. We park up, which in itself is an achievement in London, and uh, we wander down Oxford Street, trying to avoid the Roma beggars, trying to press little bits of sort of something in your hand. Don't touch me, please. I don't do any touching. So we go to John Lewis, and, of course, they've all got this policy on a Sunday. They do the same in Selfridges. Apparently, between the hours of 11 and 12, you can browse. Well, I don't want to browse. I want to go and buy the item, but they can't because the tills are locked. And so it isn't. So people stand there like typical sheep, queuing up there, ten minutes to twelve, clutching their little items in the hand, while two girls behind the till uh, stand there waiting until they get a ring of a bell and the till immediately opens itself. But I mean, why you why you want to stand? I don't want to browse. If I'm going into a shop, I know what I want to buy. I want to go in, get out as quick as possible. I go to British home stores. Oh, I tell you, it really annoys me. You know, when you hand over a note, I bought I bought some socks in British. All right, I'll admit it. I've gone down market, but I, it's a false economy. False economy, because they're £10 for seven pairs. Marks and Spencer's £12 for seven pairs, but the quality in Marks is much better. OK, now we know we only wear them once and then we car boot them. And this was the argument last week with people saying, you're going to car boot your socks. Yes, 
Absolutely. They will be snapped up immediately. And somebody said, oh, how disgusting. Only as disgusting as going to a car boot and buying somebody else's shirt and dresses and coats and things like that. They've been worn on filthy, dirty bodies. At least my socks have only ever been worn once. They're in pristine condition. They're worth every penny of the £5 million we're going to get for them because I'm going to sign every single pair. So so I go into... uh, into British home stores, which, I mean, in itself, you know, I feel like a shoplifter when I walk in there straight away. And so I sort of walk in, oh, God, I hope nobody sees me. And so I go there, and I find the, the sock department, which is next to the underpants department. Have you seen their underpants? Hilarious. Who wears these? Who would Not me. Not me. And so I'm there, and, and I sort of buy my two pairs of socks, and they're £10 for seven pairs. So I give her a £20 note. And right in front of me, right here, she gets out one of those pens to see if it's a fake note, and scribbles all over it. And then there's the cheek to say, have a nice day. It's such a, I, wish I'd, I wish I'd given her a 50, actually, and then checked every single note. Got my own little infrared machine out and held it over. Little ultraviolet light thing, just to say, sorry, I'm just checking your notes. You've got the cheek to insult me by, by checking mine. Let's check what you've got, love, in your till. So anyway, so we did that. came back and... Uh, well, still, yes, I didn't spend any money apart from, apart from 14 pairs of socks. Which isn't really that exciting. It's only two weeks' worth. Only two weeks' worth of socks, but quite good. And, uh, and I sort of got it. I thought, God, it's got very hot. Because I was out walking in Regent's Park very early yesterday. There's, there's the usual amount of bozos cycling through Regent's Park, and I'm afraid I shout at every one of them, get off your bike. There is no cycling in Regent's Park. There's no roller skating, no rollerblading. And there was some peculiar man with, I'm assuming, his son, who was on a little scooter. The moment they saw me, they got off, strangely enough. I don't know why, whether or not perhaps they'd been forewarned about this, because I do shout obscenities. I shouted at some woman who crossed over red light, nearly narrowly avoiding an accident. And I thought to myself, it's idiots like you. And in fact, one of the columnists on Friday was doing exactly the same thing. She's been given a load of abuse by cyclists uh, because she's targeted them and said, listen, they jump red lights, they ride on the pavement, they have no regard. She nearly knocked one down the other day because he cut in front of the car. He was wearing his headphones so he couldn't hear. I'd have, I'd have pushed him off. I'd have pushed If I'd been there, I'd have pushed him off. This woman was so stupid. I thought, you're on a Boris bike. Nobody actually vets you before you, before you do one. Yet you go out and buy a car, they vet you. You've got to have insurance. You go out there, you get a scooter, you've got to have insurance. You go and get a Boris bike, you can be 90 years old and wobbly as hell. And immediately you start falling about all over the place. And nobody worries about that. I don't see any cyclists stopping at red light. Very few. Three yesterday. Three. But this woman jumped them, so I'm afraid I did let fly with a tirade of abuse as to how she just nearly caused an accident. And all she did was turn around and stuck two fingers up at me. If I'd had the strength and the power of mind, I'd have run after her and emptied my yoghurt over her head, but I didn't. I thought that was kind of me yesterday, because I thought, no, it's miserable weather. Uh, here's Liam Gallagher. My God, he's ugly. And uh, apparently there's a PA getting too close to him. What is it? it, it am I missing something here? Is Liam Gallagher all of a sudden some sex god? And people think, oh, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Because, frankly, the rate he's going, I mean, half of Manchester seems to have been with him. I find it deeply, deeply worrying. And, of course, Appleton will probably just go into complete meltdown, as indeed her sister did in the jungle some years ago. So, uh, Nicole is shocked, says her father. Why? He's got a track record. How could you be stupid to be shocked by something like that? I'd be shocked if he didn't. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, here's, um, I don't know who this is. Oh, it's Belgium's new, who cares? Belgium's got a new king. Is that going to change your life today? I shouldn't think so. I shouldn't think so. But the good news is Tom and Jerry's coming back, which is great. And they're going to do a remake of The Professionals. I have such a good bit of gossip about The Professionals. I cannot tell you. It is such a good bit of gossip. You would be, you would be paying me a fortune for this. You'd never guess what it was in a million years. I promise you. Oh, and Paul Gascoigne's been charged. 
with assault. We thought uh, it would be. We thought that would happen. They'd obviously decided that he'd go out. He lashed out against his ex-wife, Cheryl, and... Um, and a platform guard. And have you probably seen all the signs? These people shouldn't have to put up with anything like that, whether it's Paul Gascoigne or any other drunk. I'm afraid, you know, if it gets to that situation, then they have to press charges. And whether she wants to press charges, I don't know. But the police have decided they're going to. So it'll be an interesting one to see, won't it? Quarter past four. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Monday morning. Don't worry, it's the last of the heat wave for about a couple of days as we uh, the whole country floats out to sea as the floods are imminent, so they've said. And we're going to have thunderstorms and the... It's mainly because of the of the bad temperatures and that, of course, will will reflect up in the sky and it gets hotter and I can't believe the heat. I really cannot believe the heat. I find it absolutely unbelievable. I don't function at all well in it. I do, I do my best, but unfortunately sometimes your best is not good enough. I had to laugh. I cut a piece out of the standard, I think, the other week. And I didn't get round to you. I can't remember why I cut it out at the time. And having reread it, I've now realised why. Because they say, do you fancy being neighbours with the man of the moment, the Wimbledon champion, Andy Murray? And I thought, well, that's a good idea. When the sports superstar isn't on the tennis court, he apparently lives with his glamorous girlfriend, Kim Sears, on the Crown Estate in Oxshott. And I thought, oh, that'll, I, could, I could buy a house in Oxshott. A new six-bedroom house has been built by the high-end developer, Octagon. This one's got a master suite, Two bathrooms, two walk-in dressing rooms, and it's on at five and a half million pounds. So it's kind of mid-price for the Crown Estate at Oxshott. It's okay. There's lots of different houses, and then they say it is as extravagant as its price tag. So I've looked at the kitchen. I've looked at it. It just looks like a box, and they've stuck some interesting furniture in there. Five and a half million. If you want to live like that, that's fair enough. But you can get much more if you move out of town. The downside for me was the other thing. They say locals include. Peter Andre, Jamie Redknapp and his wife Louise and Chelsea's Frank Lampard. Very good reason for not buying anything on the Crown Estate in Oxshott. Who in God's name wants to be near Peter Andre, Jamie Redknapp, his dreary wife and Frank Lampard? And hi you. We don't want any of those people around. Good God in heaven. I thought that would devalue your property, if nothing else. Uh, other stories in the paper today. I was always fascinated by sex changes. So you'll be fascinated by The Sun this morning and Aaron Andrews and Katie Hill. They look like any other loving couple. Uh, he's got his shirt off. He's got sort of a, a rippling torso. It's not, not a rippling torso, but uh, he looks very, uh, very boyish. And she looks very girly. The trouble is, he used to be a girl and she used to be a boy. It's, I mean, it's the most unlikely thing. So she used to... When, when Aaron was a girl, he was called Emerald. She was called Emerald. And Katie was a boy named Luke. And so they've got pictures of them as... Well, you'd never believe it, I tell you. They're, I think one's 18 and one's 17. I didn't know you could actually get gender realignment surgery at that age because you I mean you would not guess in a million years although photographs are deceiving because if you remember when we've had the big brother house and uh, I think there was somebody in there was it the time before probably the time before last actually because this one nobody's watching at all so the time before last was somebody on there and I think it was a girl who was now a boy but I mean it was it was easy to see he didn't need to be that clever, but, uh, but she decided he decided that he wasn't going to tell anybody till halfway through and once they tell people you can't shut them up they're so keen to tell people, and I just kept thinking, you just look like a butch woman. It's a butch woman, it doesn't look like a bloke at all. But, of course, we had it on every scene, and it just droned on and on and on. It just, In the end, I sort of lost the will to live, I'm afraid, with it. Uh, later, oh, by the way, went to London Zoo yesterday. You remember on Friday, I did say that I was going to London Zoo because they've got a new canteen, uh, which they've spent millions on. Rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. We went there 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, as far as I'm concerned, if a, and I'm a fellow of London Zoo, 
OK? I have a special card that gets me in for no money whatsoever and I get discounts and all the rest of it, OK? So, but that's neither here nor there. The thing is, you go there and if a place says it opens at 10 o'clock, I expect the blooming place to be up and running at 10 o'clock, not wait till half past 10. I expect it to be up and running and I get quite disappointed when things aren't. So I get there and so a friend of mine who's, uh, who's a bit more than a fellow, he's actually quite, quite high up at, uh, at London Zoo, and I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the new, uh, the new restaurant thing and having breakfast. He said, breakfast? I said, yeah. He said, they won't be doing breakfast. Said, what do you mean? Well, of course they'll be doing breakfast. The canteen, it opens at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's what I want. I want breakfast. And uh, he said, they won't be doing breakfast. I said, what are they doing? Anyway, so we, we get there and they're all in a state of, they're not even open. We walk in and they're all having like a staff meeting. So we'll be given uniforms. Quite clearly more staff than customers at that time of the morning. The roundabout's not running. It all just looks a little bit sad and sorry and a little bit depressing. So anyway, so we go inside and there's kind of a fast bit at the front. I'm assuming it's a fast bit because they do coffee. Well, the girls are serving food. Their hair is not tied up. Illegal, as far as I'm concerned. You've got to have your hair tied up. It's got to be in a hairnet. Got to try and make yourself look attractive. This was a bit of a problem for both of these girls. Anyway, so I said, I said, I'll have... um, uh, cap- fairly straightforward, cappuccino. A friend of mine was having uh, a double, whatever they call it, a double thing, which is sort of very strong. And it comes in a little cup and you drink it in one thing. And, and then I noticed that she had what appeared to be a sausage bap kind of thing. I said, Jill, I'll have one of those. I'll have one of those. It was three ninety five. If ever anything was very expensive and not worth it, that was it. So I bought it. And of course, they're not hot. So she puts them on a hot plate. Well, God help me if you'd order six, because you could be standing there for an hour and a half. 20 minutes it took them to serve us. 20 minutes. It was, it was just awful. The coffee was passable. We go upstairs and we take our own chairs down and sort of sit on them on the, uh, on the veranda that overlooks the thing. Mercifully, not too many pigeons at the moment, but don't worry, it gets better later in the day. Uh, and then they start, then it takes four of them to come and move, move the chairs. Four people start doing this. Oh, in the meantime, she'd taken my money. How much do you think for the sausage thing? which was really awful. I mean, if these sausages had seen meat, I'd be very surprised. I mean, they tasted awful. And I'm used to tasting, like, 98% meat in a sausage. This was just awful. Cut in half to make it look a bit more interesting. It was, it was just rubbish. And uh, so the, the double espresso, the cappuccino, and the, and the, uh, and the sausage bap thing, £8.80. You know, you need a second mortgage now. People think that's oh, it's quite normal, isn't it? Heavens above, you're spending £10 on seven pairs of socks. What's, what's £8.80? Well, of course, I mean, I just, you know, why can't a cup of coffee be like it is in a cafe? £1.50. You know, I mean, it just seems like an awful lot of money. And there was no service involved in it. No, I'm really sorry or anything like that. And then the till didn't work properly. And so as we're standing there, this is 20 past 10, the man starts putting the money in the till. And so I immediately picked up the, you know, your comment cards. Oh, you wouldn't believe what I've written on mine. I've sent it off to the uh, the big boss at London Zoo. Because, to be honest with you, if you say a place opens at 10 o'clock, then it blooming well better be ready to serve people at 10 o'clock. Not half past 10, not quarter past 10, 10 o'clock. Get the, the staff were wandering around like lemmings. Not a clue what to do. Hardly any customers in there. There was about three or four of us. It's like opening a programme. Duncan Bartz comes on air and he goes, uh, he'll be with you shortly. Just whistle, you know. Sit there and twiddle your thumbs until he decides to turn up. That's called unprofessional. Like going to a Rihanna concert unprofessional. You turn up late, darling, we all... I'd love her to walk out on stage and nobody to be there, apart from a couple of people picking up, you know, the rubbish. Got to kick, kick these people where it hurts, I'm afraid. And if you're going to go to London Zoo, then uh, then I think, you know, you, you expect a better service. You're paying a fortune to get in. And if you're paying a lot of money to get in, I'm expecting, you know, something decent. I'm not expecting cordon bleu. I'm expecting a lot more than that. The good news was, though, 
that we uh, we got to see the tigers, which was quite nice, and we saw a few other. We went. We found one bit of the zoo where nobody's supposed to go, and there was a little baby orica, I think it is. So I think it's an orica. We were the only two in there, and this thing was so grateful for company, it came over. I thought, God, we could have fed it. Everyone could have taken it home. It was that nice, but it was uh, it was a hot old day, and uh, the animals were all out there. What do these Sumatran tigers not like? Tortoises. Apparently they can't bear, they probably think it's a crunchy snack or something. They're walking up and down and uh, there was one tiger. It goes to prove how clever they can, they can adapt to their surroundings. They've got some bamboo in the tiger enclosure because they're breeding, as you know. Well, you probably don't know, but they are. And they had, and we went, we walked around, we couldn't see it. And then we saw a tail flicking in the bamboo. And the bamboo was literally only about two foot tall. It could disguise itself that quickly. That's why, you know, animals were, well, no, 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 wanted it. And all of a sudden this thing shoots out of the undergrowth like there's no tomorrow. And so that was quite nice. We saw, I felt it was, it was worth it seeing, seeing the tigers. But uh, the heat in there, <laughs> terrible. And we saw loads of birds, some wearing crop tops, some in little shorts and things like that, which was quite nice. And we saw owls. We had, uh, we had quite a nice time, actually. All in all, it was not, not bad at all, apart from the restaurant, which has got to get better. Uh, a friend of mine said, Don't, it's teething problems. I said, to be honest with you, I'm not interested in teething problems. The year's 2013. You've still got teething problems. It's called bad management. It's called not, not training people up very, very quickly. You've got to train them up very, very quickly. And teach you, most of these people couldn't care less whether they served you or not. They're not interested, not their business. Why should they, why should they worry? They look very smart, but that's not quite the thing, is it? Apparently your favourite meal is roast. Roast, there's a surprise. The British like a roast. Well, everybody likes a roast, don't they? And uh, a lot of people now, <coughs> excuse me, they say go for, I think, is it pasta? Is it, what's that uh, carbonara thing? Is that spaghetti carbonara? I can't remember what it is. My godson likes it. Is it just like stuff in a sauce and... Sounds disgusting. I can't bear pasta. I never never trusted any nature that decided to eat pasta. Ghastly stuff. I can't believe it. Most people tell me, say to me, they go, oh, it's really good for you. I go, listen, you don't get to be my size eating healthily. There's no point. I'm a bit like Duncan, I'm afraid. We eat what we feel like. And in this hot weather, we're eating all the wrong stuff. I did eat a salad over the weekend. That was very good. And then I went and tried out some of Marks and Spencer's little sort of tapasy bits and pieces. That was a waste of time and money. And then I thought I'd buy some strawberries, but the heat was so intense that they went off. Tom, I got them home. They'd been sitting in the boot of the car and they'd gone right off. Neil went off to a scooter fest the other day, which is quite nice. I quite like, I wouldn't want to ride one ever again. I had a scooter for a little while and you know the story about it being, uh, that it being nicked. And they're lovely, but I'd, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get on one. I have the courage of my convictions, I'm afraid. They frighten the life out of me. Frighten the life out of me. Uh, Tracy says, now I understand what you've been going on about watching this load of old tosh. This is Gems TV. She says, they're now trying to sell me Burmese spinel. She said, me too, none the wiser. The only real Burmese for me is a blue one, curled up beside me, purring and called Alfie. It's the woman on Saturday morning who gets a bit excited, but then she probably gets excited going in and finding washing powder's been reduced at Tesco. You know, going, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, we're, not, we're not doing it this. And you know if you're buying something at twenty nine ninety nine, you're buying rubbish, OK? But then people obviously like, they like television shopping. We seem to enjoy that kind of thing now. I sit there in disbelief half the time, wondering where they ever get the presenters from. 84850, uk. There's uh, also this justice, they say, for PC Blakelock, stabbed 40 times by a baying pack of dogs wielding machetes, bricks and iron bars. They tried to cut his head off. And they say after 13 years, there's new evidence that will lead to a murder charge. Can only be good news, can't it? Watch this space. And uh, somebody having offered all this advice on Friday and Thursday and for the last two weeks about if you're taking your dogs out, 
then make sure you take water. They're going to dehydrate. And somebody left a dog inside a car. They were only open for an inch at the front in this Chrysler. And uh, in the end, they had to smash the windows and get the dog out, cooling it down with, uh, with wet towels. These people should be prosecuted. Absolutely prosecuted. It was in Devon. It was almost as bad as the picture in the Sunday papers of uh, some bloke on uh, an EDL march in Birmingham who took his little son. What kind of thicko is that? I know Duncan was being sort of fairly kind, I thought, by describing some parents as being a bit stupid. Well, this man was as thick as a brick. I mean, you've never seen like it. An EDL march and you take a little kid there. Ridiculous. Hang them. That's what I say. Bring back hanging. Let's start that campaign this morning. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Monday morning. I know you don't want to get up. I didn't want to get up either this morning. I thought, shall I phone in sick? And I never phone in sick. And I thought, because I, I got out of bed. In fact, I, I woke up about half an hour before the alarm went off. And I was halfway through watching an episode of Happy Days, Christmas edition, 19, whatever it was. And I kept thinking, actually, they were really good scripts, you know. They were really good scripts. They were very funny. They stand up quite well, as indeed do most of these things, which I'm watching late at night. I work on the assumption, if I keep listening to them, then most of the very funny lines will ingrain themselves in my memory. And then I can regurgitate them at a, at a much later date. But it's never happened so far. Uh, very happy birthday. It's Kevin the Milkman's birthday today as he goes out there just before he gets drowned tomorrow and celebrates his birthday. Fancy me to work on your birthday. Do you know, years ago, you never would work on your birthday, would you? They go, are you off tomorrow? You go, yeah, it's my birthday. They go, wow, what are you have? You go, got a party later on. Nobody has parties now, though, do they? I mean, at my age, I think I stopped having parties... I think about a couple, well, I was going to say a couple of years ago. Because you don't, you don't tend to have... When you get beyond 30, you tend not to have parties... You, tell, you know, when you're a kid, you have parties, and that's great fun, and it's lovely, and your friends come around, and you have jelly and ice cream. And then when you gradually get to about 11, most of, well, in fact, all of my godchildren have their parties away from home. You tend not to have the party at home, because your mum doesn't want the mess everywhere. So in the case of, I think, all of mine, we've hired the local hall and carted all the food up there and made up the goodie bags and everything else and brought in, a, you know, either a magician or an entertainer. They had a really good one a few years ago. It must have well, been probably about three or four years ago for Danielle's birthday, and he was very, very good. He even had the adults dressing up. You know, sometimes the kids don't, don't want a mummy and daddy to go, so one or other has to stay with them. And so then you put all the food out on the tables, and you say, they don't want to eat anything, really, apart from the sweet stuff. So you can put everything out, like sausage rolls, but all they really want are chocolate fingers, and bits of sponge, and maybe a jam, t- even a jam tart was pushing it a bit. And then they'll get saying, happy birthday to you, and then you bring out the cake, blow everything, and then back in the kitchen, it's all sliced up into 200 pieces, and wrapped up, and all popped in a goodie bag with a pencil, a rubber, and a balloon, and a couple of sweets and a lollipop. And that's what goes in goodie bags nowadays. Any company that sets up on the high street offering goodie bags for kids' parties is going to clean up nowadays. I absolutely think so, because most parents can't be bothered to go out to Poundland and try and find enough things to make up goodie bags, because that's about the only place you can go to, really, isn't it? You don't want to spend too much money on a goodie bag, and most kids, that's how they gauge whether your party's any good. They want to know what's in the goodie bag. So the moment they get outside, they're opening a goodie bag. What's in it? Got a balloon, got a pencil, got a rubber, and some sweets and a lollipop. Oh, right. Sometimes you get some colouring pencils, which is good, a little colouring pad, uh, and a piece of cake. But I don't think they're particularly bothered about the cake. And if they're very good, they can, because when you let all the balloons down, we, we did it one year, we let all the balloons down, and all they want to do is jump on them and, and, and smash the balloons. 
And then, of course, we had the disaster for Charlotte's 13th birthday, which turned into the party from hell. I went home traumatised, I'm afraid, on that one. They weren't interested in anything at all. The chocolate fountain was about the only thing, but all the other stuff on the table. We tended to think that, you see, kids' parties nowadays would be as we were. We'd be grateful for anything, but nowadays they're not not really interested in stuff like that. Some of the kids were outside drinking alcohol. I can't tell you what some of the other kids were up to. It was all very embarrassing. We put... Disposable cameras on every table. Well, they were all smashed. I don't think we got any any pictures back from them at all. All very, very disappointing. Uh, lots of pictures of stepladders in the paper today. Why would that be? Stepladders. Yep, outside the hospital. She's not even there. She's at her mum's place, I think, down in the country. I don't think she's actually gone into hospital yet. I mean, she's not sitting there looking out the window going... Just another sausage roll and we'll sort of string it out for another day. Uh, more on Maddie. Uh, Scotland Yard detectives believe Madeleine McCann may still be alive. I don't know how they're going to know what she looks like. Gonna, they have no idea. She probably doesn't even know herself who she is, which won't help, will it? What is it, seven years now? And so the police are going back out there. They think she's, uh, they say here, they're currently thought, they say, that the, the 12 people of, of interest to them, there's 12, but we don't know who these people are. This is some hokum thing they came up with a short while ago, are either in Portugal or in the UK. The other 26 people are believed to be in these countries or three other unnamed European nations. So far, they've got 30,500 documents, and they're no nearer finding this poor little child than we are of ever knowing what happened on that particular night, because she's not going to know. But they've said that they believe she was alive, and I think they just say that every so often. Because you can't. Because once they've actually said, we think she's not alive, that's when they get, well, that's it, might as well give up now. So they've got to say, but, but, you know, you, you can't, can't say anything else, I'm afraid, to the parents. You can only say, we believe she's still alive. Because once they confirm that they think she's dead, and they've got no evidence either way. It was like the other day, I was turning on the television, and I was watching Yuri Geller, explaining how Yuri Geller used to be a spy. A bigger load of rubbish. I've been hard-pushed to find, actually, since the day that Yuri Geller, with the power to change, ladies and gentlemen, the molecular structure of metal, actually manages to bend a spoon. I mean, you'd think you could put it to something, you know, a little bit more interesting than bending a spoon. I found a really good knife, actually, which is about, you know, a bar of metal it was in John Lewis the other day, and I felt like buying that and giving it to him and saying, go on, bend that with the power of your mind, because you can't. It's as simple as that. He cannot do that. It's, you know, all the things he does are standard magician tricks. There's no complicated thing about it at all. The bending of the metal, rubbish. He doesn't bend it with the power of the mind. He might claim he does, but I promise you, he don't. And if you sit there and watch him very carefully, you'll see he doesn't bend it with the power of his mind. What was the other thing he claimed to do some years? There was something he cl- Oh, that's right. He was the man who claims that he stopped Big Ben. Ironically, he told you that he stopped Big Ben after it had stopped. He didn't tell you before, because, of course, he didn't stop it. It was nothing to do with him whatsoever. But I do remember him coming into LBC some years ago with, now, the president of the Magic Circle, Jack Delvin, and Adrian Love, and, uh, and they exposed him on air as somebody who couldn't bend metal at all. And then he always claims each time, no, there's, there's definitely there's forces, you know, negative forces. And you think to yourself, no, it's not negative forces. It's whether you can do it or not. You cannot change the molecular structure of metal. You know, there's no point in... But then people, magicians say that, don't they? Oh, I could do... Listen, I can take a card here. Look, change to something else. It's a trick. It's a trick. That's all it is. Perhaps he managed to sort of, you know... You'd think by now he'd have come up with something better than bending a spoon. I had a three-year-old who managed to bend a spoon quite easily. Uh, Still to come this morning, the LBC Gadget giveaway. I had a nice one on uh, Friday. Very nice one. And, um, in fact, actually, I don't even... I don't know who the winner was on Friday. Do we know who the winner was on Friday? Oh, right. 
Gee, for the life of me, I can't remember what we gave away on Friday. What did we give away Friday? It was particularly good, I remember. Today's very good indeed. And uh, I'll tell you what it is in about uh, about ten minutes' time. 84850 uh, There's a, a woman... No, I don't want to do that one. Oh, there you go. I told you it would happen. Richard Madeley's book is a, is a bestseller. And so it's called Someday I'll Find You. Remember when Richard came in to talk about it? And I said it was really... I was, even I was surprised. I said I'm surprised. You know, I didn't, um, I didn't ever think I'd be saying that about a Richard Madeley book, but it is very well written. And he's, he was so nice about it. But anyway, uh, it's, it's had a £100,000 print... 100,000, 100,000 books in the print run, which is, that is a, that is a big print run, let me tell you. It's biggest selling debut fiction paperback of the year within three days of its release. Fourth in the Sunday Times fiction bestseller list. Oh, there's going to be rivalry between him and Judy. You can just, all we need is a daughter to write a book, you know, and that'll be just about sealing everybody's fate. Uh, there's a new drama airing tonight. Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor couldn't live with each other, couldn't live without each other. Elizabeth, who milked every bit of publicity. Uh, and Richard, who was so drunk most of the time, he didn't know where he was, I'm afraid. I think during the filming of Anthony and uh, Cleopatra, he was so sozzled, they had to sort of kind of hold him up most of the time. He was so far gone. But it was a, it's a great film to watch, actually. Great film to watch, just to see the chemistry between them, because I believe that they'd started having a relationship, and it was, it was quite passionate. I remember when their boat moored, just by Tower Bridge, they had this uh, this super boat. Well, actually, actually, looking back on it, it didn't look that super at all. But uh, they were there. And they weren't for some reason they weren't allowed to come ashore. I don't think so. They were on the boat sunning themselves, and people used to go down and look at them and wave and everything else because she was a big Hollywood star. The fact she was a chronically awful actress is neither here nor there. And in fact, the last film she made, I think it's These Old Broads, which had Shirley MacLaine in, and I think Elizabeth Taylor played an agent whose whose acting was so wooden. You, you might as well have brought out the entire forest of Dean and Epping Forest, and it still would have been more animated. So you're going to see tonight this this new drama about the two of them, and it just highlights what an intense relationship. I think even after he died and he was buried, she used to, with the full help of the paparazzi, make secret visits, well, it wasn't secret at all, to the graveyard, dressed all in black with a veil and everything else, to lay flowers on the grave. I mean, it was really hilarious. Uh, Steve, I love the professionals. They were the British version of Starsky and Hutch. I don't care to watch a new version. Incidentally, will you reveal the gossip that will astound us? I can't. I absolutely can't. But it's it's cracky, it's cracky gossip. It's cracky. I mean, even, even I thought it was brilliant. Even I thought it was brilliant. And, uh, Steve, I remember you were going to tell us a story about The X Factor. Oh, well, the publicity started on the new series of The X Factor. I thought I might as well tell you now that uh, already because we had Sharon uh, Osborne making some, let's just call them a little bit tacky comments about how she managed to get the job on the panel. And then today, in an effort to try and drum up interest in this sad show that should have been pension off years ago, uh, you've got the fact that Louis Walsh has been turning up so late. I don't know, perhaps he's having his teeth done or his hair refixed. I don't know. But he's been turning up so late they've had to start filming without him. As if anybody cares. Nobody cares. It'll be the same old saddos that you've seen time and time again. Spare a thought, though, for Tracy Hayes this morning. Tracy Hayes, I think, lives down in Hornchurch in Essex, which we know very well indeed. And she was in the local park. And she was grooming her dogs in the park. She has uh, two dogs, I think. And um, anyway, she got swooped on by park officials who fined her £50 for littering. And she wasn't dropping, you know, paper cups or food or anything like that. No, dog hair. 
dog hair. They said you're not allowed to groom your dog. You groom your dog at home. You don't come out to the park and litter the park with, with dog hair. Because I know, because a friend of mine's got this dog and it does shed its hair. And every time they get out of the car, I've got to have a little duster, which is a little e- electrostatic thing, which picks up all of the stuff in there. Because it's just, it just looks awful on the leather. I don't know why, it just doesn't look right. And on the dashboard as well, I've got a green dashboard. And you get dog hairs. Oh, it just drives me mad. Drives me mad. Not half as mad as poor old Duncan and all his insects. So anyway, she comes from Romford. She's a mum of two. She said, I'm shocked. I've owned dogs for more than ten years and I've never heard of this one. I spent so much time cleaning up litter in the park. Uh, the fine I got is a bit ironic. I've never heard of this ever before. Councillor Andrew Curtin said, Responsible dog owners groom their pets at home. We put a lot of time and effort into keeping our parks clean and all residents should be able to enjoy them without any mess left by others. I've never actually thought about looking around for dog hair in a park. You ever thought about that one? I can't, I mean, I can't, I mean, I was, I was, I was not surprised. I was not surprised, but at the same time, I was thinking a bit heavy-handed. I mean, could she say to them, all right, so I'm, I'm brushing my dogs, but where's the hair? I suppose if the worst came to the worst, they, they, they could probably produce it. Um... It always amuses me, Steve, when shop staff hold banknotes up to the light as if any forger would forget to put the metal strip in. <laughs> and, uh, Steve, will there be a reality show about Peter Andre's girlfriend's pregnancy? Will the cameras be there? Of course. Toss, 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 of course, will be welcoming the cameras with open arms. You don't seriously think, having had a little, a little taste of the limelight with, uh, with little Pixie Pete, who loves his kids, that she's ever going to worry about going to university. Good God, no. She's not going to worry about that. She's now going to be Peter Andre's wife. Because I'm assuming they're going to get married. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to do the, the right thing. But I mean, the age gap is huge. She's 23, mental age 12 by the look of it. And he's 40 still. It's about the third year running. He's been 40. But having unprotected sex, how stupid is that? It's almost like he sort of wanted to get her pregnant. Uh, the Appleton sisters were half of the All Saints. Biggest hit, never ever. Well, I thought that was what people said about the group, wasn't it? As opposed to the big... I, don't, I couldn't even sing that or even hum it, I'm afraid. I would have no idea whatsoever... And all I remember is that one of them went in the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here programme and uh, was so, was so, I don't know what she was actually, she was just sad and stupid. A tree touched her at one point, she went, oh, oh, remember that? Every time something happened, she sort of, she kind of recoiled in horror, like she'd never seen a tree. So I then began thinking, perhaps they're a bit stupid. I'm enjoying very much the food channel. Not because I'm, I'm, in, I'm eating the food, but they're doing a wedding cake special. And I'm looking at the cakes that people have in America. They get excited over anything there. They really do. And they get these cakes designed by these people. And you look at it and you think, that's never going to work. And then you see these works of art at the end. It's like there's a couple of girls, sisters and their mother, who should have been put out to pasture some years ago. And they've got a cake shop. And I think they're, they're not in Detroit because that's gone bankrupt, isn't it? So where were they? They were somewhere. And people queue to get cupcakes they do cup. Well, over here, we've had enough of cupcakes, I'm afraid. So not really into cupcakes anymore. But over there, they absolutely love them. They've got all different ones. And then, then they wanted some savoury cupcakes. And the whole thing went on and on and on. And I'm just marvelling at how many people eat cupcakes. And then I thought, we were sitting in Oxford Street yesterday. And there's so many obese people now. We're exactly the same as America was about 10 years ago. They all say, 10 years ago in America, it'll be here in 10 years' time. And now, and a friend of mine said, why are there so many fat people? Mind you, yeah. <laughs> hello, pot, kettle and black. And I said, because of all these fast food places. We never had McDonald's. We never had Kentucky Fried Chicken. We never had anything. If you wanted something to eat, you went home and you cooked something or you made yourself a sandwich. Now, it's all fast food, which is really bad for you. Pizzas, really bad for you. Kentucky Fried Chicken, really bad for you. Spadulike. 
kind of bad for you. But if you remember to eat the skin, it might be a little bit better. It's only bad for you when you add the butter and the cheese and the beans and the chilli con carne and all the other stuff you put inside. Any fast food shop that's selling, you know, cheap chicken, don't go within a mile of it. It's come in from Thailand. It's overseas. It's che- it was cheap rubbish before it even arrived here. Chickens that have never eaten anything in a day. You know, these poor things, they arrive over here emaciated. Next thing, they're served up three pieces, plus a garlic bread and a drink, one ninety nine. You know what you're buying. It's rubbish. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Couldn't help thinking the other day, there was a lovely picture in the paper of David Beckham. I say a lovely picture in the paper of David Beckham because every picture of David Beckham is lovely. And, uh, and there was David picking his way through what looked like a building site with poor old Vic in tow. And, and I, I was thinking, oh, what, what, what's he flogging now? Because generally speaking, you give him enough money and he'll, you can flog anything with David Beckham. He's just rent, you know, it's your renting brand Beckham. And he's opening, with the help of his uh, very good friend Gordon Ramsay... A pie and mash shop. Now, I can't help thinking that in the latest advert for Sky Television, where you've got Davy Boy Beckham and about six incarnations of him sitting in a pie and mash shop, because apparently David loves pie and mash. Victoria, of course, wouldn't be seen dead in a place like that. She must hate it every time he goes there, because she's never been pictured in it at all. He always sits there by himself, Billy no mates, and he goes in for pie and mash. And I can't help feeling that the people in the pie and mash shop must be feeling a little bit, little bit miffed to say the least, that one minute they serve him pie and mash and chat away, the next minute he's opening up a rival place to take their business. But of course, it'll be very, very expensive, and pie and mash is working-class food, isn't it? So unless it's at the right price, it'll fall flat on its fat face. Because people, you know, people have been going to the same pie and mash shop for ages and ages. Actually, I can tell you a story about a pie and mash shop in London, but I can't tell you at the moment. It's another one. It's all bound up. It's... it's, All I'll tell you is... No, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the story. I wish I could tell you the story. It involves gambling and wasting a family's money and stuff. It's not as good as the professional story. The professional story is is so good. I so wish I could tell you. Anyway, time for the LBC Gadget giveaway. I can't tell you Friday's winner. I would love to be able to say they might want anonymity. Some people do. They're so excited. They go, I couldn't possibly let people know. So today, your chance to get your hands on my Apple iPad Mini. Always a popular prize. And you can get it on the programme by 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today by answering this question correctly. God, here we go. It's going to be food every day this week, I could tell now. What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? Guacamole. To enter this one, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So you put gadget in, then once you've worked out the main ingredient in guacamole, you put that word in, and then you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Celebrating 50 years at the top, it is uh, the fantastic Don Black, who's written so many hits, so many hits over the years. He's very talented. His brother, I know, is a regular listener to this programme. His brother is married to Julie Rogers, who had a big hit single years ago, uh, called The Wedding. Don Black, I cannot believe that Don Black is 75. I mean, if ever a man looks 50, this is it. 50 years at the top, he's written songs for Lloyd Webber. He wrote Aspects of Love, Tell Me on a Sunday. He wrote Ben for Michael Jackson. He wrote Born Free, Diamonds Are Forever. The list goes on and on. He's got an Oscar. He's got several Tonys. 
He's also got six Ivan Novellos, a Golden Globe Award. He also wrote to Sir with Love. Love changes everything. He is very, very prolific. He was telling me a story that uh, he would sit down and write in Tin Pan Alley these songs and then Matt Munro would come in and sing these songs, always accompanied by a, by a cigarette. They were very poor, Russian-Jewish immigrants, and they all lived in a council flat. He now lives in Holland Park, but he's, he's not affected, strangely enough. If ever you meet Don Black and his brother, they're the most down-to-earth people you're ever going to bump into. His brother's an agent. Michael's an agent. Uh, but Don says he just likes to go to the RAC club, I think, just playing a game of snooker. He said, I'm very easy to buy for. Shirt and a tie would be quite good for me. Very unaffected. Very unaffected. Really very, very... I met him at the Lady Rattlings, and I've, I've interviewed him on numerous occasions. But they've got um, a life in song. Uh, lyrics by Don Black at the Royal Festival Hall on October the 3rd. So that'll be something that'll do very, well. very, very clever man. Really, he's just... Perhaps they should, I'm not, not even sure if there's an album of Don Black hits. Or oh, I've downloaded Now Music 85, I think, or 58 or whatever it is. Because I like those to play in the car, because I know a lot... I was playing some tunes the other day. Different mind, Stoosh is uh, one of my very popular ones. And I, so I played this friend of mine, I said, you're going to love this. He went, biggest pile of rubbish I've ever heard. I said, well, I think it's quite good, actually. And I'm also playing another song. I can't remember who it's by now. But it's like a man singing... And then it, I think it's people on turntables go do 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 do. That doesn't mean anything, does it? Is it who is it? Do you know who it is? You don't know, do you? Actually, I should know because I think I, I know the tune as well. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's not, It's one word. It's one word. And I remember thinking to myself, I quite I quite like this song, and I I don't know if I downloaded it to the phone, or if I I didn't. Oh, that's right. It's Avicii. Wake me up. With who? So, yeah, he's very good, the singer. I like him a lot. I sing along to that one in the car. And uh, Let Her Go by Passenger. No, just me again. OK, I like that. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm quite hip with some of these tunes I'm listening to at the moment. <laughs> Everybody else thinks I'm rubbish. Uh, somebody says, did you watch Dynamo Freeze a Fountain by Touch? He's truly amazing. Oh, no, what a gift. Imagine if only you could do that to everything. Oh, blimey, I'd be so much happier sitting in the bath if you could turn it into ice. Solid ice. Um <laughs> Lately, Steve, Sally Jacks has been flogging naff faux silk scarves for the summer. You can imagine where I wish she'd tie it to stop the constant shrieking. The woman is total car crash television. He says, by the way, I love my tube maquette cushion, the 1973 red and blue Piccadilly pattern. I've got that one as well. I've got, the, I've got a green one. I couldn't tell you what the pattern is, and I can't remember where it comes from, actually. But it's, it's very nice. Very, very nice. Oh, that's right. It was an HP laptop on Friday. That's what I knew I couldn't remember what it was. But I remember thinking it's a really good one. And uh, Freddie says, I almost won, but sadly not. Sadly not. No, but you might could be a winner today, actually. It's quite a nice one to go for. I, I like it when people go for the, uh, go for the, uh, any of the Apple products. So the Apple iPad Mini is the one that you're going for today. Uh, Paul says, if I was the mother fine from grooming my dog in the park, I'd take this case to the highest court. There's nothing more than revenue raising of the most despicable kind. Well, I suppose... I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, ducks shed feathers, don't they? And stuff like that, and swans and things like that. Would it make any difference if it was a bit of a... In fact, if anything, you could argue the fact that you're actually being very good for the environment because by brushing the hair, ducks could make a nest out of the hair because they do go around picking up twigs. I went through the Snowden aviary the other, yesterday at London Zoo and a lot of the egrets there were picking up twigs to make nests. It's obviously coming into nesting season. So I suppose you could argue in a park, if you're brushing... This is the woman who got fined 50 quid, incidentally. You could argue the fact 
that if somebody was brushing their dog hair, the ducks could come, pick up the mouthful of hair, must taste horrible, and uh, and then you sort of turn it into a into a nest of some sort. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be feasible? Sounds perfectly feasible to me, actually. Uh, perhaps she should argue it. Perhaps she should argue. Oh, the Daleks are coming back. Got nothing to do with the park, and they're about the only things I ever liked in Doctor Who. And uh, John Hurt will appear as a Time Lord alongside Matt Smith, David Tennant and Billy Piper, who will be returning for this special episode. Uh, there's a mirror investigation. It's at uh, a psychiatric hospital, home to some of the uh, the worst criminals in this in this country. They say, so why are patients at Ian Brady's hospital allowed to watch films that feature rape, torture and brutal murders? Who knows? Apparently Reservoir Dogs, Hostel, Saw... I think Saw is fairly, fairly sort of... I don't know, I bought it for one of my... Uh, my brother's daughters wanted it, I think. Is there a trilogy of Saw? I don't even know what they... More than a trilogy. Oh, right, it's, 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 it's episodic, is it? Does it just keep going? Uh, I've never seen it. I don't, I don't like those. They, they frighten me, stuff like that. I'm not very good at that. I generally hide behind the settee. I used to hide behind the settee at the Cybermen. But if, if it comes to any of these sort of... You know, things like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was bad enough when I watched Daniel Radcliffe in Woman in Black. You know, because that really... And we saw it in the cinema, and they had all these noises that came out of speakers which were hidden all over the place. It was frightening the life out. My producer leapt out of the chair, poor soul. He wasn't at all happy with it. Because at one point, he's walking towards a door, and you think, don't, please don't go through that door. You know there's going to be something horrible. You're going to open the door, and something's going to swing out and hit you in the face or something like that. That's why I always look at the floor. That way I can listen to the noise and the sound effects that go along with it, and I don't have to worry about what's going on. It's like you go into a house, you're the only one there, and you hear a slight noise in the cellar. Don't go there. Get back in the boat, go back to the mainland, go and get a Kentucky and stay in. Don't go through these blooming doors. It's horrible. It it frightens the life out of me. We shouldn't be frightened by stuff like that. Uh, On the subject of the Andrex, we're both right, says Paul in Manchester. But if you recall the other week, I did mention the picture of Pete touching Toss Toss's stomach and then saying he was only joking, old cynic that I am, that's the next two series sorted, uh, we'll now have Peter my house move. Well, I sincerely hope that he, he's going to be buying another house with her. I don't want him living that close to me if he's in Oxshot. Dear God in heaven, I don't want him devaluing my place. And then Peter my happiness, and then we have the OK wedding. Because that's what his agent... I mean, they must be rubbing their hands down. They're going, thank God for that, Pete. We found something else. Just when the public were turning you off because you're boring and don't do anything. You've now got a baby. Toss Toss's parents can be interviewed. I bet they'll be thrilled. But they must be sitting at home now going, we're so happy, so happy. He's a nice boy, but he's got our daughter pregnant at 23. Well, that's killed her life, hasn't it? Killed her life and a career, I'm afraid. Let's hope we will be spared, Peter, the conception. But if you remember, the cameras were outside the door every time he took the lovely M's for a secret break. And then he'd come out there and go, oh, we're having a secret break, we're not going to bring the cameras in. You think, we have done everything else in front of the cameras, you might as well do that as well. Drives you mad, doesn't it, really? But anyway, so I'm sure that they're really, really happy. If not a bit doolally, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at News at 5 approaches at a pace. It's Monday, it's LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning! This is trying to sound as though it's not another day where we're all going to sweat buckets, but you are, I'm afraid. But then by tomorrow, we'll all drown, because apparently thunderstorms, flooding... I mean, you can't believe it. I mean, this must be the summer of all summers. What next? Plague of locusts. Oh, God, I wish I'd not said that. Probably tempted fate, I'm afraid. It'd be awful, isn't it? All of a sudden, they're banging on the window. Of the sh- oh, don't. And then their little, their little 
pro whatever it is at the front comes through the window and then the next thing is that they manage to break through oh dear it doesn't bad thing it sounds like a horror film doesn't it sounds like a horror film sounds like jumanji do you remember jumanji i thought that was quite good when the rhinoceros came through the wall wasn't expecting that one at all anyway just going back very briefly to paul in manchesterford uh, because now that uh, Pete touching her, her belly, so she's been pregnant for a while. As I say, I bet the family are really thrilled. He's 40, she's 23. She's completely screwed up her career. Not that we thought she ever had a career. The career seems to be loving the cameras. And Pete, of course, takes the cameras with him everywhere, even to bed. It, I mean, he literally takes... He's got no other friends apart from the cameras and his brothers, who he calls Bro. I mean, at 40 years old, it's a bit pathetic, isn't it? Bro. Yeah, Bro. And he comes up with these, this language. I mean, perhaps he thinks he's street or something. And then you see him on stage in this naff stage show. It's so dreadful. Anyway, luckily, because she's pregnant, they'll have filmed all of this bit and it will make form the basis of the next thing. Very exciting, you know, and then we'll have Pete going around the house trying to look like he's not the desperately sad old man that we all know him to be. And uh, one wag on internet asking if the 60-minute makeover show will be renamed the five-minute bunk-up. Yes, I wouldn't be at all... To be honest with you, I've not seen the 60-minute makeover show, but, I mean, judging by his last TV appearances, he can't present for Toffee. He cannot present for Toffee, I'm afraid. He says, um, and, uh, of course, I mean, of course, this is going to really steal the thunder from old Katie Price. But, of course, if anything winds her up, we're so happy. That always makes us laugh, because, uh, Katie, how much more Botox can you shove in your face? And is it your face we're talking to half the time? I don't know. She's apparently pregnant as well. And now Peter Andre's got his uh, his child uh, up the duff, 23 years old, and he's 40. There's something a little bit tacky about it, isn't there, really? But, of course, she's so... Toss, 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 toss. She's so good at doing it, and she's just so gorgeous and beautiful. Toss, 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 toss. And now pregnant as well. But her friends are thrilled. That old man and you, you're having a laugh, aren't you? We thought it was just for the TV programme. Anyway, you couldn't make it up. R.I.P. to Mel... As you say, very sadly, no surprise, by coincidence, Gold were in the process of showing the best of Not the Nine O'Clock News. He left a wealth of great work and thoughts with his family and many happy returns to Kevin on the occasion of his 39th, wishing him a good day. And just to save the paps banging on my door, I'm the one resident of of Manchesterford who hasn't slept with Mr Gallagher. I know, I mean, to be honest with you, as one of the papers said, I think it was Carol Malone, she said, who in earth in their right mind would want to sleep with that Neanderthal? I mean, dear God in heaven. But uh, I can't wait to read Ian Highland tomorrow. He said, after watching BBC Two on Sunday night, do I believe Yuri Geller is psychic? Of course I do. I also believe Wayne Rooney has a six-foot afro. Yes, I mean, biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, it's just rubbish. It's just rubbish. He's got no more psychic abilities than you and I have got. As I say, if you can... I mean, you've got that ability to change the molecular... Look, the molecular structure change. Well, I'll tell you what, darling... And that's the best you've come up with, bending a spoon. Grow up, for God's sake. Grow up. Dreadful. Uh, other stories in the, uh, in the papers today. The heat wave will trigger the floods. Don't say I didn't warn you, because uh, it might happen. By this time tomorrow morning, we'll be sitting here watching the rain lashing the window. I'll be saying, did you take an umbrella to work? And we go, no, I didn't take an umbra- umbrella to work at all, I'm afraid. Uh, you've just mentioned the Food Channel, says Noreen. I have never got cupcakes or the buttercream or whatever it is. I couldn't eat that. Last Friday, poor Brian, we were in Starbucks and they were giving pastries away. So we had two. Greg's were giving donuts away. So we had two of them as well. Why would they give... They do that every so often, don't they? They've got a couple of new drinks in... Uh, in Star- oh, and I, I, went to a, I went to Starbucks in Chiswick High Road on s- Sunday morning because it was the only one that's open early. So I go in there, there's nobody in there. One person's sitting at a table 
And uh, so I, I always order the same thing. I don't know why I order it. It's just one of those things. I never thought I'd get round to it. I'm as pretentious as the next person. But I'm afraid, you know, that's the way it goes. So I have a grande extra, extra dry with an extra shot to go. OK. Now, that generally means if the barista, the person making the coffee, uh, understands what you're talking about, it's foam. OK. I don't really want milk because milk's really bad for you. So we have extra, extra dry, which means they put the two shots of coffee. Well, in fact, it ends up with three shots of coffee. And uh, the foam in there, some of which turns to a little bit of milk, and that's, that's it, fine. So, anyway, I get served by this child in there, who t- surprisingly turned out not to be Polish. It was a bit of a shock, actually, when he actually spoke perfect English to me. So I was a bit surprised, because I'm, I'm only used to dealing with the Polish girls in R1. We know them all. We know them by name. They know us by name. And uh, we're just, you know, person buying coffee. And so I, I explained my, my coffee and said he sort of looks at the till with dismay. And I thought, oh, God, we're going to be... There's nobody else in there. There's one woman sitting at a table. Sorry, it's a bloke sitting at a table by the door. Could have been a woman, I don't know. And so I order the coffee and then he goes... Um, so, grand... I thought we're going to have to repeat it again. He quite clearly did his ears open when he was listening. So I go, grande, extra, extra dry, extra shot to go. OK. And your name? No. No, I'm sorry. The only reason you ask for somebody's name is when there's loads of people in there and you can go, Brian, your coffee's ready. You know, when there's nobody in there, Popsikins, it's just me. So it's good. When you make the coffee, you won't have to look very far. It's me in front of you. Try and be intelligent. Anyway, he's with a girl and she's got a badge on. I couldn't read what it said. Might have said Brigitte or something. I don't know. Anyway, so they both stand there. So I order my coffee and I'm thinking... Because I haven't given my name, do you think they're really turning on me in Starbucks? Do you think they're really... Because I know they don't pay tax, but, I mean, you know, to employ people who don't really understand about coffee is a bit of a disappointment. And so they're both staring at the coffee machine. And so the girl then goes, who might have been called Brigitte, I don't... Probably not. Uh, We call uh, the manager. I thought, God, they're going to hang me because I wouldn't give my name. Because I wouldn't give my name and I was paying on my phone. Oh, dear. Anyway, the manager turns up. And I said to Brigitte, not her name, God, I was changed for legal reasons. I said, can't you make coffee? And so she proudly pointed at her left breast where there was a little badge, trainee. I thought, a bit pointless having somebody in there. In other words, they don't actually, they just have to stand there and watch while somebody else does it. So the other girl turns up. Hello. I go, hello. She might have been called Brigitte as well. I don't know. But anyway, she was a bit more, a bit more chirpy. And you're up early today, she goes. I thought, who's talked? I can't believe it. You walk in there, they start probing your, your private life, ladies and gentlemen. Look, just serve the coffee, for God's sake. Anyway, I parked the car up on the curbs. So they could see I was a decent customer. You know, I wasn't one of these fly nights who was going to rush off and get on the back of a bus. And so eventually we get the coffee. She goes, have a nice day. Thank you. I go, thank you. And go out and drink me a cup of coffee. It was actually quite nice. They always ask you, because I can tell by weight. By weight, if it's... If it's the right, the right thing for the, uh, for the coffee. Uh, Ronald in West Hampstead said, The lady brushing her dogs puts the hair in her garden hedge for the bird's nest making. My mother did the same. Yes. Uh, I volunteer in a hospice shop and we often find customers will buy the cheapest item and then produce a £20 note, a dud. It's a way of money laundering, says Joan. That's why I explain, ex- sorry, explain and apologise to customers as we scan the notes because it's so low to scam charity shops. I'm not at all surprised people do it. They do everything nowadays. Uh, Michael says, sadly, my aunt died during her 85th birthday. We never should have given her the bumps. <laughs> it's an old one, but it's a goodie for this time of the morning. Uh, and yesterday went for a cycle along, along the Wandle River. Uh, must have been a bit of a, an interesting thing to do, cycling along a river, but I'm, I'm prepared to buy into it. After three hours, we found a perfect spot in the shade. When we got closer, we found somebody had brushed their dog there. It looked like a hair bomb had gone off. What a mess. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's good for birds and stuff like that. 
I think it is. Actually, we had a, we had a couple of foxes in Twickenham High Street this morning, wandering along the high street. Bit of a danger, isn't it? Because you want to go in, they go, shoo! And they just stand their ground, they look at you. They're not frightened at all. They're absolutely not not scared of anything, these uh, these foxes, which you've got all over the place. Young, um, young Paul says, uh, as a sportsman, should he not be opening a salad bar rather than a pie and mash station? Well, I don't know what Beckham's uh, doing. I mean, to be honest with you, I shouldn't imagine he knows the first thing, but I mean, I would feel cheated. He goes to this pie and mash shop all the time because he likes pie. She wouldn't be seen dead in there. Imagine Victoria sitting there all po-faced in her funny little old lady outfits going... David, eat up quickly. Eat it, eat it. Hello, hello, common people. Hello, get David, eat it quickly. Let's get out. I don't want to be in here. And so they're opening their own one, but of course it'll be terribly expensive. But all it is is pie and mash again. And if you want pie and mash, you go to a pie and mash shop. I wouldn't go to anywhere because it was David Beckham's or Gordon Ramsay's. I'm not into these celebrity restaurants. I'll just go somewhere if the food's good. If it's good and at the right price, that's what I do. I'm, I'm not, I couldn't be more, less interested. If you, if you get my drift on, um, on celebrity restaurants, I couldn't care less whether it's Gordon Ramsay or whether it's anybody else like that. Uh, 84850, uh Nothing came in on that one, Bryn. He says, a couple of useless bits of info you may wish to... Re- nothing came in on it. There's, there's no, uh, no attachment on there. Uh, Kevin the Milkman's still celebrating 39 years on this earth. Uh, 84850. Stephen says, I've heard you don't like Christo. Are you on drugs or something? I can't cope with people who are a bit... St- are you in a home? You're remedial, aren't you? I think you're remedial. <laughs> you're not well, are you? Never mind. <laughs> Poor soul, honestly. I think all of a sudden somebody comes up with something stupid as that. They must be drugs. Must be drugs. Uh, the school holidays. Oh, of course, I've forgotten to the uh, the fact the school holidays are um, are in now, aren't they? Actually, that's good news. That's good news for all of you people coming in on the trains and coming in on buses and coming in... Oh, brilliant news. That means no ghastly children clogging up the place. No women driving four-by-fours with some half-dead kid in the back seat. Get up, you're going to school. Oh, go to school. That means we won't have to see all the fat kids in Starbucks ordering the thing with all the cream on the top and sitting there. You know... It's like all all the girls from a a certain school in our area have a purple uniform sitting there smoking their arms off at the bus. They're sitting at the bus stop. And they all crowd round the one who's got the packet of cigarettes. Because you know damn well that her parents will smoke. They all think they look so big, don't they? God, dreadful people. Stink to high heaven. Must be like Holly Willabooby. Poor old Holly Willabooby. She's, um... She's in one of the papers today. They've said, um... She's been having drunken parties at home. Well, they haven't. But obviously one of the neighbours has not been enjoying the noise that's coming from their house because they're having a pool put in, they're having all sorts of things because they live uh, overlooking the Thames. And what they didn't realise, so they, they then put a note through the door saying, thank you very much, we don't, we don't enjoy this noise and all this kind of stuff and loud drunken parties. And so Dan, her husband, has said, this is ridiculous, said we were in bed at 10.30 last night. He said we weren't, you know, weren't doing anything at all. We don't have loud, noisy parties. He said, uh, unfortunately, he said, we were watching two episodes of Nashville. He said, please, please don't judge me on this. But they've got a picture of the woman who put the note through the door because they've got CCTV. She's exposed in the mail today, the silly woman. And uh, by tomorrow, by tomorrow, we'll know who she is. Because somebody will go, oh, my God, I know exactly who that is. This will be the neighbour from hell, won't it? So Holly's drunken antics. I'm quite sure that Holly and Dan enjoy quite a few drinks. I'm quite sure that they do. But to be honest with you, they've got children. They're not going to have drunken antics at home, aren't they? Anyway, so uh, this, this woman 
says, um, you know, they uh, we just when we thought it was finished, they've now got planning permission to big, build a big pool in the garden. Well, so, so, get over yourselves. Go oh, honestly, nothing worse than these meanies. Very rude and aggressive. Dear neighbours. See, um, Dan sent this note out to all the neighbours on email saying, you know, listen, we've had this very rude note, which I don't want to, you know, tell you about it. And uh, it's interesting because th- this woman will certainly be identified. She's very clearly visible here. I tell you what I'm looking forward to this morning. Oh, I'm a bit late, actually, for the news. I'll tell you about it in a moment. It's something that's going to get you in the mood. And we all need something to get us in the mood, don't we? LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. So anyway, here it is for you this morning, ladies. Just what you need on a Monday morning. It's called Sex Cereal. It's it's cereal uh, to get you in the mood. Now, to be honest with you, the only thing that's going to get me in the mood is a piece of toast with peanut butter on it. I don't need any sort of sex cereal. And uh, the firm behind this, it's muesli. Because at the moment I'm enjoying an advert on the television for Alpen. And then I suddenly realise it's got loads of sugar. It might have loads of nuts in it, but it's sugar. And that's the thing that's bad for you with breakfast cereal. To try and pick a breakfast cereal that doesn't have loads of sugar or salt in it, it's kind of difficult. And I think it came down to... It wasn't even cornflakes. You think something as bland as cornflakes. I mean, things like Rice Krispies are a bit dull, I'm afraid. Um, So what did I have once? Was it shredded wheat or shreddies? Either way, one of them was supposed to be better for you than the other one. And then somebody said to me, porridge is good for you. So I've had porridge, but you've got to have proper porridge, not the instant porridge, because it's got all the bad things in it that you don't want. And then some have got honey and that. And that's really bad for you first thing in the morning. So this sex cereal, they say here, they claim eating just three tablespoons could leave you full of vigour all day long. I don't think I want to be full of vigour all day long. I mean, how long do you want to be full of vigour for? I mean, to get me home, I think. I don't want to get home and then discover I've still got vigour. And then to discover you don't know what else to do with yourself. So then you sort of... And, and then, you know, come four o'clock, you're still full of vigour. I don't want that kind of thing. That could really frighten me. But apparently, the, uh, the re- it sells for nine ninety nine. It comes in two special mixtures for men and women. The spokesman says... It's a right load of old hooey, this, isn't it? I'm sorry. Select your preferred formula following the surprisingly small serving suggestion and just add to milk or yoghurt. Apparently designed to boost your energy and hormone levels. If you're over 60, don't bother. It'll be a waste of time. You'll be crawling up walls. So don't bother with this one. Sex cereal contains cacao beans, maca powder, a ground plant root with purported aphrodisiac qualities. Oh, dear God in heaven. Who wants aphrodisiac qualities for breakfast? Not one of us, ladies and gentlemen. Not one of us. And uh, the women's cereal is a mixture of ginger... Almonds, cranberries, sunflower seeds, oat bran, flax seeds, and chia plant seeds. Oh dear, I don't know. Uh, a couple of bits of it. Oh, that's right. Oh, this we, we found Bryn's bit. Did he just send it in again? Right. Thank you, Bryn. And Annie. He says, a couple of bits of info. My cousin and her husband, Julian, best man at my wedding, have owned a lovely house in Oxshop for 30 years. They keep getting agents ringing them, offering megabucks to buy it from, which they refuse. They're both over 80. So why would they want to sell and go through the hell of moving at their age? But they are aware of all the famous names who are neighbours. Yuri Geller. I worked with him many times and on one occasion was literally standing beside him holding a microphone to his mouth while the bar mitzvah boy was the other side. I saw him bend an ordinary spoon and break it and it looked great to me. I happened to mention it to my very, very dear friend, David Burglass, who confirmed exactly what you said. It's a magic trick, which he can do as well. Yes, I've, I've said before... I can't... I don't want to repeat it again, because a friend of mine said the other day, so I can't believe that you gave away a magical secret, which is not, not my intention at all. Anyway, my brother-in-law, who's uh, Yean, 
came from the same village in Wales as Richard Burton, called uh, Pontrydevon. Pontrydevon? We think so. And, uh, and knew all the family well. Burton was a stage name. He had a brother who was nicknamed Jinx Jenkins, who was a great character. More pubs in that village than chapels, but who cares? And you were dead right about Don Black, one of the nicest but quietest men I know and a joy to meet. His brother Michael and I were born on the same day, 20th of August, but he was a few years before me. Always exchanged cards as twins. And he's trying to find out what happened to Mel Smith. In France, the news is sparse, and we believe he died. Any news? He was found dead at home on Friday. Uh, apparently died in his sleep. Um, I don't know what it was a result of. They haven't had an autopsy yet, but it's confirmed. He was just 60. Just 60. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody was at all surprised. I know it sounds really horrendous, but to those people who knew him, he was he was almost on borrowed time anyway. You know, he'd had a lot of problems with sort of little little things which affect a lot of people in show business and, and you know, and everything else. So it's, it's, as, it's as good as it gets at the moment. You'll probably find more on the internet. You'll probably find more on the internet. Actually, talking of finding things on the internet, I noticed that John Inverdale's complaints are now up to 1,250, which only goes to prove that there's a lot of very stupid people out there who are doing this weeks after it happened because they've seen it on the internet. Anyway, I think I'll write as well. You know, they're generally 12-year-old schoolboys, you know, trying to pretend to be girls and probably succeeding in many cases. Uh, There's also the fact the BBC are shunning young viewers, so they've cut on the BBC... 600 hours a year for children, programming for children. But what is programming for children now? Most kids, let's face it, you know, we're not not so naive as to think that anybody is remotely interested in Blue Peter anymore. You know, it was of its generation. It had its time years and years ago. They shoved it up to Manchester and it's dire. It's of no interest to watch two aged presenters. I mean, they're both over the age of 30, I think. You know, to to actually do a programme that's presumably aimed at eight and nine-year-olds. I don't know how that ever works at all. And uh, it's a shame, really. CBBS 20 hours, CBBC 8 hours as part of a cost-cutting exercise. Can't cost that much to screen some of this rubbish. It only takes somebody to sit there with a teddy bear going, bouncy, 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 bouncy. Oh, big Ted, what shall we do? I mean, I could do it myself. I could do it from the studio in between the ad breaks. You could play the ad breaks. I could do some children's TV presenting. i just put on a funny hat and go, hello. Hello, how are you? You know, and immediately it makes you a children's TV presenter. They're all patronising, aren't they? Most of them. I do know a few, it has to be said. Um, but uh, but looking at Blue Peter, it was rubbish. It just went off the boil. The moment they moved out of that big studio at Television Centre, and I went down and watched it going out once, it was one of the very few live programmes on the BBC, and they shoved it in what can only be described as a small shed in Manchester with, uh, with Barney Haywood and Helen Skelton, both of which go off and do their other things. You know, in the early days, if you were a Blue Peter presenter, that was your job, that was your role in life. You were a Blue Peter presenter. You didn't have sex, although we discovered recently that some of them did together, and and you don't drink, and they did that as well. You weren't supposed to do anything. If you're a children's presenter, you weren't supposed to have a sexuality. Nowadays, you're hard-pushed to find one who's straight. But the rest of them are still jumping up and down with Jemima and a load of other teddy bears and stuff like that, which is good, but I don't know what age it's aimed at. And because the kids have got DVDs, and to be honest with you, and I'm not being rude about it, the Americans do it so much better. The Americans do kids' programmes because they're educational. There's nothing educational about Blue Peter. There's nothing educational about a lot of the stuff that you have to have to put up with, I'm afraid, on the television. All this fuss about Peter Andre becoming a dad. Am I bothered, says Julie? No. I stopped watching his boring shows ages ago, but I'm looking forward to the announcement of the royal baby. Well, I've lost the will to live. I mean, how much longer can it be? How much longer do we have to, do we have to wait? 
How much longer? I mean, it just is absolutely unbelievable, isn't it, that you have to wait so long? I mean, normally they go, she's gone into hospital, and ta-da, there's the royal baby. And now, you know, we're still waiting. I mean, it seems like it's gone on for ages, doesn't it, really? Did you ever watch Man in a Suitcase? Yes, it's on uh, YouTube. He said, uh, only really found it through a TFI Friday episode as they use the same intro. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, very good. And uh, Arthur says, with Toss Toss, Peter Andre, all his kids, the cameraman, the sound engineer, makeup, and the rest of the TV crew there, will there be any room at the birth for the midwife and the doctor? Oh, I should imagine Peter Andre will do it himself. I should imagine he's, he, he's, he's that. He can do anything, Peter Andre, can't he? Absolutely anything. 84850, uk. And uh, another one here. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, strange. Wait a minute. I seem to have ended up on a different screen all of a sudden for a different thing. I'm listening in uh, Sao Paulo. And another one here. Oh, it's the same one, actually. I seem to have got the same thing, actually. Uh, school's out today, though, Steve, so that's good news. Well, I mean, bad news for parents. Very bad news for parents. You've got to put up with six weeks of them. And my advice is, same as every other school holiday, go to Google and type in free things to do for kids. And there is tons. There is tons and tons of stuff you can do. I mean, for a start, you can bore the pants off them by taking them around the museums. And you can have a lunch. You can sit down. They can go wandering off. There's the Bethnal Green Museum of Childhood. You can take bus rides. You can go on a train. You can do anything. You can do absolutely anything. But do something, for God's sake. Difficult if you're a parent who is working... But if you're a parent who's not working, you're thinking, what should we do today? You know, get them out on their bikes, get them out doing things. That's the one thing. You know, you shouldn't have to really keep them occupied. They should, in fact, be able to occupy themselves. But so many of them, they don't know what to do. I think I'll go and sit on my computer. No, I don't think so. As we discover the... Oh, I must tell you a very funny story that appeared over the weekend. But I'll, I'll save that until after the news, because it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. At the time now, it's 530 LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 29 minutes to six. Mr Chirpy, first thing in the morning. <laughs> it's not very good, is it? Uh, so, the, uh, so now you've heard that the BBC is shunning young viewers because we're quite, they're not worth diddly squat. Who wants young viewers? Let's face it, it's almost like religious broadcasting. That seems to have disappeared completely now. At most, you're going to get a Songs of Praise with... Uh, yesterday, who did we get? Yes, Russell, Russell Watson was doing it. And we had Russell... He was one of my best in conversations. He's very chatty and chirpy. Some people are like that. It's, it's so funny. You get some people who come in to do the in conversations, and it is a bit, only on a couple of occasions, like pulling teeth. It's a case of, come on, like being Mrs Merton. It's only a chat show. Come on, have a little bit of give and take. And him, you could sit down for, I think, a couple of hours with Russell, and he'd talk about anything. He talk. He always looks very smart. I've never seen him in a pair of jeans. I'm sure he must possess a pair of jeans, but I've never, never ever seen him in them. So having decided they're going to get rid of all these young viewers on the BBC, because it's not... I mean, I, I don't know. There might be certain programmes that you enjoy watching on there, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Apart from Chris Jarvis, and uh, but they're bringing back Tom and Jerry. They're they're going to redo Tom and Jerry as a new series. I mean, they they've been absent for forty six years. I can't remember who who drew Tom and Jerry. Uh, there was a movie that was made uh, for the new series Seinfeld. Comedy star Jason Alexander will voice Tom's exasperated owner, and Simon Helberg 
Howie Wolowitz in the sitcom The Big Bang Theory will play a rat friend. Which one's Simon Helberg? I do like The Big Bang Theory. It's it's intelligent humour. Have you ever seen it? Howard Wolowitz. What did I say? Wolowitz. Uh, well, Wolowitz. It's a W. I mean, I don't know. He could be Jewish. I don't know. Wolowitz, Wolowitz, Schmolowitz. Who cares? Uh, it's a very good series. I'm surprised you watched it. I thought it would be a little bit above you, actually. It's, it's quite funny and intelligent. Not for somebody from Cambridge at all, really. Which featured on the news again the other night with riots, I believe, in the street. I think, I think the local Poundland closed early and apparently a couple of people got really uppity about the whole thing. Uh, the new series is being produced by Warner Brothers. Jay Bastian, the vice president. Is that how you pronounce it? Bastian, do you think? The vice president, vice president, happy with that pronunciation? Uh, the idea is to honour the old cartoon, so the core of the new Tom and Jerry will be a cat and mouse trying to beat the stuffing out of each other. Which is good, that's what I like, actually. That's why the Home Alone films were panned, weren't they? Because they said it was Tom and Jerry humour, so when the iron hit him in the face, his face took on the shape of the iron. No, way over your head, isn't it, next door? Really, is it? We're at the Blue Peter level here. Let's get Tracy Island back out again and see how we cope with that one. Anyway, so we do have the gadget giveaway for today. And uh, it's the Apple iPad Mini, ladies and gentlemen. We gave away the HP source thing uh, the other day. And so today it's the Apple iPad Mini, which is very nice indeed. So one lucky listener will pick it up. Could be you. Could be you. And uh, this one here uh, goes with a question. I quite clearly think this week it's going to be all food related. What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? Once you've worked out the answer, it's not too difficult, text the word gadget, then you put your answer in, then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. That's what you're going for today, the Apple iPad Mini. And I hope you get it. Dean says, Blue Peter may not have been educational, but was informative and fun. Yeah, but people don't want informative and fun now, I'm afraid. They want educational. There has to be some sort of message. I mean, I liked the uh, the programme Little Einsteins. Mainly because I love the theme tune. And that was shown on the... T- then that stopped, and there's a very similar one about a pirate. But they all got educational... Mean- on Little Einsteins, they would tell you, and this music is by Mozart, pianoforte. And they would then play that piece. So it became an educational programme, which I good. Uh, the best breakfast series, all brands, says Malcolm. Oh dear. Uh, and Jeff says, as you're such a big fan of Peter Andre, love him to pieces and he loves his kids. Have you visited his coffee shop? No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and you can have your photograph taken with him for his cafe wall. No, thank you. You're frightening me. Don't do it. I'll call the police. Uh, 84850, uk. Apparently it's raining already in Sheen. Oh, stop it, it's not. And somebody said it's raining in Twickenham. Goodbye, summer, says Oh, thank God for that, then. <laughs> I'll be glad to see the back of it. And uh, Irene says, get your umbrella out. Oh. It, really? It's, oh, please let it rain all day today. I don't, I'm, no, wait, wait till I get home. I don't want to get wet. <laughs> Look at me worrying about getting wet, for goodness sakes. If that's going to make a difference. Not exactly going to, uh, to shrink, am I? There's um, another girl who's died in the paper today. And this is a girl, she took a pink ecstasy pill. I can't help feeling that, you know, I'm banging my head against a brick wall and every other sensible person is as well by saying to young people, do not touch drugs in clubs. I mean, I don't care whether it's in clubs or your friends have tried it. They might live. You might not, I'm afraid. You might not. That's the, that's the problem, you know, when you get things like that. 
that there might be a rogue tablet or you might have something in your body that reacts badly. And there's a very good chance that you could die. I never understand why people want to shove half a Columbia up their nose. What a waste of... You've got nothing to show for it at the end of it, apart from an empty bank account and, uh, and a lot of serious problems and possibly even death. But there again, you're not going to know about it. Just be a massive heart attack and bang, gone like that. I don't know why. It's only, it's only sensible people, isn't it? Adults who go, I don't know why anybody would ever touch drugs. You keep reading the papers. Why would anybody want to touch an ecstasy pill? I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 84850, uk. Weave it all in on the programme. So that, uh, that news, which you're going to be hearing later on today, in fact, you'll probably hear about it on breakfast with uh, Ian Dale. Nick is on holiday at the moment. His back's still playing up, poor soul. I think he must have gone by. I don't know why. He, he told me where, he'd, where he was going to. I won't tell you where he's going to, because I know what's something. You might want to stalk him out there. And uh, I said, what an odd choice. And even one of his friends upstairs said, exactly, said you're going to where? I said, is it a free holiday? But no. I said, I can't believe you're going. But anyway, he is. Uh, so Ian Dale is standing in for Nick Ferrari all this week. The paper reviewer today, I can't quite believe I'm reading this, Vicky Price. Is she tagged? Is she tagged? <laughs> Plus, uh, this week, uh, they'll be uh, looking at the... Health Affairs Select Committee publishing a report which real reveals our A&Es are putting lives at risk. Ian will want to know if you'll be taking Jeremy Hunt's advice by getting a health MOT. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day who's actually going for a health MOT and literally going to pay privately. One of these companies where you go in there and for £190 or whatever it is, they give your body the complete checkup. Because as you get a bit old, in fact, a friend of mine yesterday was, was sort of saying, he said, all of a sudden I feel so old. I said, well, you are doesn't help, does it, when you tell somebody that. But occasionally you find little twinges in your body. So I think you need to, to find out and find out what's wrong. You know, if there's anything wrong, you can catch something. There was a guy who died the other day of a, of a cancer. They'd only diagnosed it three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And uh, they'll be talking today about uh, cycling. Is it becoming our national sport? I blooming well hope not. Even after Chris Froome has won the Tour de France. We are actually, t- surprisingly, I never thought I hear myself saying this, we're turning into a nation of winners we're turning into a nation of winners. We're actually winning things. We're actually winning things. I mean, at one time we go, was oh, there a Brit? Oh, there's no chance, is there? No chance. You know, a Brit winning Wimbledon. I never thought I'd be sitting here saying that a Brit's won Wimbledon. All right, so he's a Scot, but I mean, it's the same kind of thing. But I mean, I never thought we'd be saying that at all. Uh, Mark says, there should be no voices for Tom and Jerry except that of the iconic housemaid, who now, unfortunately, is irreplaceable. Yes, but, uh, yes, she did. She did talk, didn't she? But she didn't, she didn't really say a lot, I'm afraid. She didn't really say a lot. And I, I don't really... I don't want Tom and Jerry talking. I've just realised, actually, the more you think, you're quite right. We don't want Tom... That's the whole idea. They never spoke. We don't want to... You know, I don't mind them being animated, but I don't want them to, uh, to talk. And Claudia Connell has trawled every shop and website for an electric fan to beat the heat and has really lost her cook. Well, I bought two this morning on Amazon. I have a little fan in the bathroom. I'd hope they remain there. It's uh, it's a little clip-on fan which I have above the above the sink because I quite as I was I'm sort of, you know cleaning my teeth and doing all my pollution and you know, checking. For, so I've got another wrinkle since yesterday, which I tend tend not to have. I like a little fan on me, but after a while they get a bit dirty. And to be honest with you, they're only like six ninety nine or something like that. There's no point in sort of taking it apart and cleaning it. I just throw them away and buy another one. It lasts for about a year. That's fine. So I bought two yesterday. I had no trouble. They said we've got you know two in stock, so I bought them. And they've got loads of fans on Amazon. I know you go into the shops and they don't have anything in. And also, some of the shops have overinflated the prices. But it's funny. Listen, it's about to finish anyway. You're not going to need a fan after today. You'll be needing your winter woolies out. So you'll be starting to take those out again. Tomorrow, Eccleston's new husband, Jay Rutland, was beaten and robbed. 
of a Rolex and a bracelet. He pulled into an East London petrol station. Wait for this. This is this is dumbness. Wearing a £50,000 Rolex and a £20,000 bracelet. How stupid do you have to be? This is a petrol station. He, he pulled in in his black Ferrari. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you that dumb? This is actually known, this filling station. You know, drugs and all sorts of things. It's It's ridiculous. It's uh, absolutely... Bar- but mind you, I don't know why Rutland's... Uh, this is uh, Tamara Eccleston's husband, Jay Rutland. Colourful past, make him an interesting supporting actor. He was banned from city trading from demonstrating a lack of honesty and integrity. Previously, he was accused of selling cocaine from an Epping pub. Great. Well, you'd be familiar with losing a £50,000 Rolex watch. How stupid to wear a £50,000 Rolex watch and pull into a garage in East London sporting a £20,000 bracelet. What did you think, darling? They're going to come over and pat you on the head and take a photograph of you? Oh, blimey, honestly. <laughs> Just... Do you know the age... How old are you, um, Sam? you more than 20? Oh, look at... The... You're, at you're at your happiest, which, of course, doesn't really bode well for the future, does it? Because you're the most miserable git I've ever worked with. It says you're at your happiest at the ages of 23 and 69. I'm not sure whether it's 23 and... The age 69 or anything. I can't believe why you'd be happy at 69. I suppose, and then you drop dead at 70. But 23 is an age when you're supposed to be happy. Well, I've never seen anybody so miserable and down in the mouth than you. Lord above. <laughs> so so ha- he's now deliberately smiling just to make it look as I'm really happy. Really happy. I'm really, really happy. I'm not. I'm a really miserable. Really miserable person. Um, there's another food which is good for you. I'm sick to death of reading stories in the uh, papers about food which is which is good for you these are these are berries these are lingon berries and they come from helsinki they've been feeding them to rats that'll be useful won't it and apparently it's reduced their blood pressure so there's something else for you to go out and buy which is uh, which is not particularly good uh, there's also uh, food prices go to source says the tesco boss of course they are you've got to pay for the fines for that filthy tesco in covent garden fined three times now for filth, mice, rats and everything inside the store. What a disgust. I wouldn't go anywhere near it. What is it about this area? The TGI Fridays was fine down there a couple of years ago for having rats. The uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken over in Leicester Square had to close down because of the infestation of rats. It's the staff that must be the filthiest person ever. Raining in Chiswick, apparently. And Joan says it's raining in Isleworth. Are you just writing this to annoy me this morning? There's no rain round. I'm looking you know, out of the window. No rain, is there? be funny if we sort of... Well, I quite like the idea of we're having a little bit of rain. I don't mind that. It takes, if it takes the heat away, the trouble is what I don't want is rain and then the heat to come back scorching. That's, that's going to be the, the worst thing. And am I the only one to get annoyed over a certain story? Um, I cannot be the only person to get annoyed about this story. The more I read it, the more angry I became. And, and I'll tell you what the story is in a moment, because it's, it's so annoying, it's almost beggar's belief. It's the BBC at its crassest. And I'll give you the details in a moment. You've got 45 minutes to get your entries in for the competition for today to get your hands on the Apple iPad Mini. I play with mine on a daily basis, ladies and gentlemen. And if you get it, then uh, I should be happy to read your name out on the programme tomorrow morning. So 45 minutes. You've got to get the entries in before 6.30. It's no good doing it at 6.30 because it's an automatic shut-off and I would hate you to be charged and not actually to be... Uh, to be entered into the competition. Uh, plus, I've got a story. What was the story I saved on this one? Oh, yes, I've got, I'm, yes, I'm going to have to... It's the same story. I've cut it out twice, actually. And also, the uh, the dreariest person... This is uh, Alicia Duval, the former glamour model, 
I don't remember her ever being a glamour model or even being glamorous. But apparently she's obsessed with plastic surgery. She's just an intense show-off, I'm afraid. A ridiculously stupid person who pitches up every so often in the newspapers. A bit like Chantelle, who we're going to feature on our free podcast today. Because uh, even the reporter says, why are we still talking to you after all this time? Have you had anything new to say in about the past five years? The answer is, Chantelle Houghton has had nothing new to say ever. I'm afraid she just drones on about her ex, Alex Reed, and that's about it. The rest of it, I'm trying to get on with my life. It'd be helpful, wouldn't it, if, um, if she actually got a job? Do you think she's actually capable of doing anything? I shouldn't think so. One of life's wastes of spaces, I'm afraid. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Apparently it's raining in Chiswick, like I care. <laughs> Actually, as long as it doesn't rain and then stop and then we have this tremendous heat back again. No, was I the only person who got really, really angry about a story that I read in the papers? Everybody else seems to have got angry as well. The wife of Andrew Sachs has criticised the BBC for an interview with Russell Brand in which he blames the Saxgate scandal on a dishonest piece of reporting. Believe it or not... You know, Russell Brand makes this filthy phone call to Andrew Sachs, uh, together with Jonathan Ross. Um, quite clearly doesn't see the irony of it. And ever since then, he's invited, he's been on Question Time. Yesterday, Desert Island Discs. And I feel like saying to David Dimbleby, if I phone up your ex-wife and start doing obscenities down the phone, can I get a job on the panel? Because I can't believe that you never put this idiot on there. And uh, Mrs Sachs has said, why did the BBC let Brand insult Andrew again? I mean, I wouldn't mind, but Desert Island Discs is a recorded programme with uh, the former newsreader of Channel 5, Kirsty something. And, um, and they don't sort of do anything. I mean, it's absolutely dreadful. Um, Criticising the BBC's decision to invite him on Desert Island Discs, the 79-year-old added, what we had to listen to was disgusting and unnecessary. It was very, very nasty to hear Andrew who spent a lifetime working at the BBC. It was an insult. In fact, since this, uh, this filth that emanates from Russell Brand's mouth. He's appeared on uh, Question Time, The Andrew Marsh Show and The Radio 1 Breakfast Show. And now Desert Island Discs. It quite clearly means that the BBC have got so many double standards. So perhaps we'll have children's presenters shouting obscenities down the screen at us next. It's a gross insult to him. And Russell Brand, of course, who will not discuss why his marriage collapsed. Well, according to Katie Perry, Mr Teeny Tiny, ladies and gentlemen, just wasn't of that sort of material. I mean, the man's an idiot, I'm afraid. He, he refuses to talk about his failed marriage. Well, funny. We can talk about it for you. We can talk about your failed marriage. Tricia says, I'm standing in Notting Hill on my balcony looking at a rainbow. Not raining here, though. Oh, well, there you go. Raining all over the place, isn't it? I find it absolutely unbelievable. Uh, big feature by Christopher Stevens on uh, the comic genius that was Mel Smith. Uh, the cocaine pill addiction and the wildlife that caught up with a comic at 60. At 60, I thought there was something wrong some years ago, and uh, it certainly didn't get any better. He went to hospital with, uh, with ulcers, the drugs had stripped away at his stomach lining, and um, it's all a bit sad, really, I suppose. You know, when you say, I thought he was older than 60. I seriously didn't, I didn't think he was that young. I don't know why. But I remember seeing him. In fact, he's on a, he's on a DVD of the first night of Miss Saigon, where he's doing the uh, little Chinese eyes to the camera. So it was slightly, slightly odd and slightly... Mm, not really sure about that one, thank you very much indeed. Uh, and there's a, a pensioner called Michael Reeves, who died last year, uh, leaving no relatives. And so people... Um, people wonder what would happen to his house. 
So they kept an eye on the property, worth £275,000. They tended the front and rear gardens. And after the terrace house had been empty for 13 months, an air hunter arrived on the scene and claimed it. But Maria Loretta was not even a distant relative. Instead, she was an opportunist who changed the locks and announced she'd be putting tenants into the property. She even stuck a notice in the front window proclaiming, private property, keep off. Not the first property she's appropriated. She represents a new trend in property developers who scour government websites to locate the houses of those who've died without leaving a will. What a ghastly woman she is. She says she's got lots of other bona vacant properties. She was very brazen. We asked her if she was a relative. No, but I'm legal, she said. I'm doing you a huge favour by putting tenants into the house. When approached by the Daily Mail, she says uh, here... um, I'm not prepared to discuss anything with you. What I do is my business. What a horrible person. So in other words, make sure... This is my advice again. Make sure you make a will. It doesn't matter if you don't have any relatives to leave stuff to. Leave it to, you know, leave it to a dog and cat. Leave it to anybody. Leave it to anybody. It doesn't matter. Just leave it to somebody. Don't leave it for these brazen people just to walk in and take their uh, their properties. They scour websites because it goes up there trying to look for relatives of so-and-so, so-and-so, property worth 275000 In she goes, changes the locks and effectively becomes a squatter. What a ghastly old bag. What a horrible woman. Horrible woman. Cool, I'll tell you, be going round there, sort of, you know, sorting her out straight away. I like these wristbands. This is the high-tech band, the nanny of your wrist. Have you seen them? We've given one away on the programme before now, and it monitors your everything. It looks really smart, actually. I, I do like them. I do like them. It's, uh, it's good. It can, it can get you... It's called um, Jawbone Up. Jawbone, our one was called something different. But they do roughly the same sort of thing. George Osborne's used one as well. Uh, Quentin Letts has, has got one. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I imagine Quentin Letts has probably got about three. One on each leg and one on an arm. But uh, I quite like the idea of, um, of sort of something that can sort of monitor you and say, do... Come on. Bits and pieces everywhere. Have you sat down and looked at your arms recently? I must have been out in the sun a little bit, because I've caught the sun on my arm. It's not very good, is it, really? I shouldn't be catching the sun on my arm. In fact, I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, he's really pale. I said, that's very good you're pale, because it means you've not been out in the sun. You've got to look after yourself, because it doesn't have to be brilliant sunshine for you to pick up all sorts of horrible skin complaints. So don't do it. There's also a, a Disney video game that could rack up a bill for parents. This is the Disney Infinity base. It comes with a potential price tag of more than... £250 and is said to put pressure on children to add a never-ending string of extras. What it does, it works by placing collectible toy figures on a Disney Infinity base, a portal that operates through an existing games console to warp the character onto the screen. Starter packs, including the video game, base and three toy figures, sell between 50 and 60 quid, but it costs £12 to add each of the 17 other figures and £4 for add-on packs that can improve strength and speed of the game because they're they're capitalising on the fact that children love these games. It's like the collecting syndrome, isn't it? It's people who go out and, and start, you know, the kids collect all these cards. You can see them in all the news agents, and they buy a card and then they swap them at school and everything else. But when they've got things like... Uh, computer games, it adds up. We had the eight-year-old, the devious eight-year-old the other week, who had looked over her father's shoulder as he was putting his password in and managed to rack up a £4,000 bill. And Apple went, well, that's your problem. You know, we've sent you all these things. Oh, I was moving companies. Well, that's not our problem. That's your problem. You're the one who is supposed to monitor your child. She was devious enough at eight to manage to make sure that she got all these £4,000 bill. In the end, the bank stopped his bank account. 
because it's just too dangerous. I mean, I would, I never click on yes to anything. Would you like to buy some more? Co- no, I wouldn't. No, thank you very much indeed. And uh, here it is. What is the secret of a long marriage? Well, in the case of the Queen, it's separate bedrooms. In the case of Catherine Zeta-Jones, it's a room of one's own. She has an extension to her American mansion to house a room where she can escape from Michael Douglas. You would have thought, actually, that she'd want to be with Michael Douglas all the time. But when you've been married a long time, the whole idea is you need a bit of me space, a little bit of me, me, me. And so that's why she spends, you know, the reason the marriage has stayed strong, she says, is we spend a lot of time together. So we're careful to maintain our space. We recently had an extension built. It's like the TARDIS, my bit. It houses a closet. I go in there and never come out. My husband knocks on the door and says, can I come in? But I've got a television in there. My daughter brings her friends in. They play shop. Put on all my stuff. I could be there for the whole day very happy. Nice to be that rich that you've got things like that. The rest of us, unfortunately, nothing at all. Uh, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing, sorry. Nothing at all. Uh, Joe in Acton says, pouring rain in Acton now. Fantastic. No fats and brats on the bus this morning. Hallelujah. Yes, I agree. It'll be, it'll be so nice to be on an empty train this morning. That'll be good, won't it? And uh, Graham from Cheney's at Western International said, spitting with rain as I drive through Earl's Court. Morning, Graham. Are you well? Hope so. Actually, I, I, to be honest with you, I can't wait for the rain. I know it sounds a bit mean, and you feel a bit, you know, for those people who love the sun, but I can't bear it. I'll be glad when it's taken the temperature down a bit. And if it comes with rain, well, so be it. It'll wash all the dirt away. It'll All of a sudden, the grass will look green. All of a sudden, it will start, you know, back where it came before. And then, uh, and how long it's going to last, I don't know. Whether or not we just get a couple of days of it. They've said today a little bit of rain. And then I think possibly overnight some thunderstorms and tomorrow they've said flooding. I don't know where that's coming from. Producer looking very worried. But then, of course, he's at that funny age, isn't he? 23, where he's at his happiest and he's trying to work out why he's not. And so he's got depressed over the whole thing. David says, my cat just ran in. Raining in Hammersmith, raining in Strawberry Hill. Snowing in Crouch End, apparently, but it deserves every bit of it. Uh, Also... They're quite happy, says Kevin the Milkman, to pinch a pint of milk round here. So what was Tamara's husband thinking of getting out of a flash motor dripping in bling? He says, thank you to everybody for my birthday mentions. I was born at 4.55 in the afternoon, so I'm clutching on to my last hours at 48 years old. Oops, he said, I mean 38. How remiss of me. Do you know, I don't know the time I was born. Does anybody else know the time they were born? Of course you would, wouldn't you? Well, it's registered by the police, your one, I should imagine. So they'll probably have a, you know, the boy came into the the world. His mother was in the cell at the time. I've got no idea. I don't even know whether I was morning or afternoon or at home or in hospital. I've got no idea. Isn't it funny? I don't think we ever talked about things like that. It's a bit impertinent, isn't it, really? Excuse me, Mum, where was I born? And also, can we have a DNA test? You know, you just like to check these things. Raining in Weybridge and Byfleet this morning. It's nice to have a little bit of rain. It'll be, it'd be, Trisha in Notting Hill says, now it's raining. Raining in Kensington as well. And in Notting Hill, it's tipping it down. So there you go. Enjoy it while it's here. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, five past six, Monday morning. Kids are on holiday. Yes. (laughs) Parents going, no, no. What are we going to do with them for six weeks? I don't know. Pack them on a slow boat to China. Just get them out there. Actually, probably they're probably all in bed, aren't they? Going, oh, I don't have to get up for school today. What a what a blissful what a blissful start to the week. But you've got six weeks of it. It's up mainly, you know. I, I don't know what my godchildren are doing over the next six weeks, but I bet your bottom dollar, their mum will get them out. They'll be swimming, rugby, martial arts, be all sorts of things. 
All sorts of things which keeps them busy. But you only have to go onto Google to find out. There are loads of things you can do for free. You can go on bike rides. Oh, wait a minute. I just remember what this thing is on here. We were told what it was. It's the same thing twice. And I can't remember what the password is. I can't remember. Somebody told me about it. And it's... Uh, I can't remember what the password is now. It's the same thing on Twitter. And it's not that thing at the top. It's not that thing at the top. I can't remember what it is. It's something peculiar. Sorry, we, we've, I'm trying to get the emails. If you've sent an email recently, I'm afraid they, they're, they're here, but I just can't access them. That's right. It's that thing, isn't it? Isn't it that one? Something like that? I can't remember what it is. Do you have to put mail on it, or is it just the 2B... Th- oh, this gets so complicated. Computers, I don't know. They're the bane of my life, I'm afraid. <laughs> Even at home. Although, at the moment, they're getting really hot, aren't they? Because this heat, you tend to forget. So, every so often, I have turned my computer off just to sort of let it let it reboot itself and sort of be a little bit happier. Uh, there's a picture of uh, Elvis Presley. Why is there a picture of Elvis Presley in the paper today, ladies and gentlemen? It's because they're saying in 1977, which was the year that Elvis died, he put on a huge amount of weight. And there's a picture of Robbie Williams on stage in Sweden at the weekend. And somebody said he wants to be as big as Elvis. And he is. He's as fat as Elvis at the moment. Although, to be honest with you, whether or not that's that's uh, that's complimentary to Elvis, I don't know. But they say he looks a little bit bloated. Well, the problem is we've known that Robbie Williams' weight goes up and down like a yo-yo. Um, you know, Gary Barlow, exactly the same. As people get a bit older, I spoke to, again, another friend of mine yesterday, who said, I cannot lose this weight. He said, all of a sudden, it seems to have happened that we seem to have got bigger in this country. And I've said, absolutely. I said, but it's only because of the rise of, of fast food and the fact that we don't do the exercise anymore. That's, that's the big problem nowadays. You, you see people doing exercise. When I went through Regent's Park yesterday, there were a lot of people doing a, a fun run. And uh, some of them look absolutely exhausted. They look as though they're on their last legs. But it, it seems that people, even if they're large, can do running. It's, it's, not, it's not too difficult. You just automatically assume that somebody's going to be really, really fit to do running. But some of these people look as, well, bigger than me. Bigger than me. Perhaps I should take up cycling, although, to be honest with you, cycles are the bane of everybody's life. Including, we'll have a piece in the free podcast for you later on today, Fiona Phillips said she got targeted by cyclists because she dared to criticise the fact that they... Uh, that they actually sort of uh, rode on the pavement and they jumped red lights. You see it all the time, every single time. So a friend of mine who also does, um, who does cycling over red lights. And sometimes it's safer that way, which is, you know, ridiculous. Uh, best strawberries today are from uh, Timmy Chilton's stall, purchased from Cheney's of Western. Bid hard, but get the best. Thank you. So that's so Timmy Chilton's stall. It's got the best strawberries today. Have you noticed? We've gone strawberry mad this year. We've absolutely. This must be the only year that I've seen this many strawberries. Jerry says thunder and heavy rain in Hounslow. It's still a dump, though. Yes, it never changes Hounslow, does it? It really is horrible High Street. Uh, Jen, thundering and raining in Richmond. Uh, thunder and lightning over Heathrow Airport. Good lord. And uh, Alison says I hate the heat and it makes me feel ill. You know, makes me feel ill as well. I can get quite quite ill with it actually. I don't want it to rain here just yet. Stay exactly as it is. Until I've got, until I managed to get home, I don't want to be watching the rain coming down as I'm going home. I'm halfway through reading a very interesting book, and it's about um, an ex-copper who infiltrated, I think it was Everton Football Club, Millwall, Millwall, which is the one that's got all the uh, the fans that riot all the time, Millwall, and he infiltrated them. And he's written a book about his experiences of actually getting in with the people who go out there deliberately looking 
to start fights. It's very interesting. When I first picked it up, I thought, I'm not going to enjoy this, actually, but it's, it's actually quite interesting. I think he's something to do with the Prince's Trust. I think he's a, a volunteer with them and does stuff there. Lightning and heavy thunder on uh, Richmond Green and Staines. Um, <laughs> I suppose once you've got it. Lightning and felt. We've got thunder now, says little Julie. Lovely, which is lovely. I was born on Wednesday at 3am in Farnborough and they were playing the song three o'clock in the morning. That was Hospital 1940, says Jan. 1940. Patricia in Liverpool says, rain, rain, glorious rain. This wonderful weather drives me insane. And Kevin says, can you stop the clouds over here in Stepney? Because I do not have my jacket with me. <laughs> which, of course, is the worst thing, isn't it? Because we've been so used... I mean, I, do, I wasn't predicting this. I wasn't predicting this, I'm afraid. I, I said yesterday that we were going to have a hot day today and I was feeling that we can have a little bit of rain and then the heat is going to come back with a vengeance this afternoon and it'll, it'll look lovely for a little while, but not, not for very often, I'm afraid. And then by tomorrow, they've said flooding, so the rain must be torrential overnight. Can't wait to see how this one's uh, working out. Um, apparently 70 Olympic athletes and coaches have done what? They've claimed asylum. In the UK, 70 of them. They're still here. Of those, half have already been granted refugee status by the Home Office and will be allowed to settle. The rest are in the country fighting for the right to remain. Police have admitted they're also looking for several other Olympic visa holders whose right to be in the UK expired seven months ago. They've simply wandered off to make a better life in Britain. It's so easy. You can't stop this happening at all. In Australia, they put a block on it completely. I love the idea that uh, over here, somebody turns up at the airport, goes asylum, and they get a house, and we look after them. In Australia, they turn up. Uh, if they don't like the look of them, they're back on the plane the same afternoon, and they can't apply for asylum for about another seven years. So they've got people here all over the place, mainly in Newham, I'm afraid. That's where they've got. Um, they've got a sprinter from, uh, from Guinea, somebody from Cameroon, from the football team, Republic of the Congo, the Ivory Coast wrestling coach. Uh, they've also got the Congolese judo coach. They're all people who have uh, who've arrived here and we don't want them. But, of course, they disappear in the country. It takes ages to find them and then they just find one of those lawyers. And the next thing is we're, we're sort of stuck with them. They don't actually give anything to the country at all. They don't actually come up with anything. Brian says we've got thunder in Hampton Hill. Wow. I can't believe it. It's quite exciting, actually. I feel as I'm missing out on it. I feel I should have TV screens all over the place. Lightning and rice slip as well. Wow, is that what Jay said? But she got pictures on the screen. That'd be quite nice, isn't it? Is it because it's, it's not clouded over here, so I'm assuming it's not actually going to do anything until it's, uh, till it's, till it's clouded over, and then you might get some rain in central London. Anything for a nice quiet day, I suppose. Uh, more on Paul Gascoigne, who's been charged with two counts of common assault following an incident when he was drunk and disorderly. Uh, a spokesman said the charges against the 46-year-old related to an incident earlier this month at Stevenage Railway Station. He'll be appearing at court in Stevenage next month. Because I think it's... That even though he said now he's stopped drinking, we had that last time, and that was after he'd been to rehab. This time he's not been to rehab, and he's still not saying no, no, no. Uh, Abu Qatada has been refused bail by a military court. That's good news. Uh, the prosecutor for him, who cannot be identified under court regulations, did not elaborate on the reason, although terrorism suspects are rarely granted bail. So that's good. And uh, Judy Kramer, the Mamma Mia producer, has made a fortune out of her musical, which unashamedly appeals to women across the world. How much has she made? £70 million. 70. So all those people, there was, a, there was a report in one of the papers some time ago and it said, um, oh, she's, she's lost all her money in uh, that ghastly Spice Girls musical. And I said, no, no, believe you me, that won't have been touched at all. 
She won't, she won't have lost anything at all. She's got 70 million. She's going to be the VIP guest at Ladies' Day for the Longines Royal International Horse Show at Hickstead next month. Good Lord. Interesting. Very interesting. And um, who's this one here? Who's this one here? This is... Uh, oh, it's, it's lots of... Oh, it's, uh, there's a, a, heart, a heart-rending story. To tug at your heartstrings. And it's a couple here. Bob Humphreys and Bernie Blewett. And... They finally got married after 70 years after he proposed. Their parents didn't, didn't want them to, uh, to marry at all, so they kept them apart. And so they, uh, they actually sort of, you know, circumstances... Um, it's, the, the, the parents disappro- Basically, the parents disapproved of their romance, and so they never really got together. So 70 years after he proposed, they finally got married. That's, isn't that nice to, th- to think that sort of love conquers all... And uh, they they did meet again, and they're now, I think, he's 89, she's 87. Isn't that... I think that's really nice. So they finally got married. All those years they've missed, though. A lot of catching up to do, isn't there, really, I suppose? Don't really know where to begin with that story. I know where it finishes. It finishes now. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 18 minutes past six, Monday, but apparently it's raining. Not here it's not, but it's raining apparently all over the place. And that's the way it's going to go. In fact, I should have actually earlier on told you what the weather forecast is, but unfortunately, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the computer is playing silly beggars this morning, and so I can't actually... Uh, t- well, actually, I might be to bring... Yes, I can. Wait a minute. I can bring what the weather is. Bright spells to start, hot and humid, a few showers likely this morning, that's it. And then this afternoon, some very heavy thunderstorms. Currently, 19, 20 degrees. It's going to climb to 33. 33 degrees today. So double it and add 30. You're looking at just under the 100. Just under 100 foot. Oh, I'm definitely not going out today. Uh, Tonight, isolated heavy thunderstorms possible at first. More widespread as the night goes on. Feeling warm and humid. Uh, Tomorrow, bright spells. Increased chance of thunderstorms feeling humid. 30 degrees. Wednesday. Early thundery, very heavy showers, then dry and bright. What am I doing tomorrow? I'm going to a screening tomorrow. Screening tomorrow. Thursday and Friday, dry and bright, less warm and humid with sunny spells and showers. So it's a bit of a mixture, isn't it, really, this week? If it's going to go to 30, it's going to be exactly what I said. A little bit of water, a little bit of thunderstorm. Oh, a little bit of thunderstorms, and uh, and then all of a sudden it's going to go pear-shaped on us, I'm afraid. Um... Now Peter Andre's becoming a father again, says Howard. Will he ask Katie Price to become a grandmother to his baby? She's looking very old. I know, well, that's the trouble. You've got a really out-of-date makeup artist, and uh, the whole thing looks awful. Loads of things that, that you can do, says uh, Liz. Uh, in particular in the East End, Bethnal Green Museum of Childhood, Victoria Park, Great New Kiddies area. Also, and here's the plug, we're a family-run freehouse. The Dove Broadway Market. We're offering kids eat free this summer. So if you're out and about in the East End, you know where you have to go and eat and save money. That's it. It's finding things to do, isn't it? It's, it's keeping them occupied. Keeping them occupied. Uh, 84850. Philip, yes, it absolutely would have to do with that. Yes, it would have to do with that. That's all I can tell you. Uh, the classic Tom and Jerry, Steve, says Jeff, is animated slapstick. How can we have voices? The fun will be spoiled, just like other classics that have been remade with an update in mind to appeal to new audience. This is the fact that they're going to remake Tom and Jerry at Warner Brothers. Uh, whether they look the same as the originals, I've got no idea. But they're going to um, they're going to give them voices. I'm not 
too sure about that. Definitely raining hard in Feltham, says little Julie, and as if to prove it, she sent me a picture of raining hard in Feltham. How you, how you tell that's raining hard in Felton? I've got no idea, but I'm sure you can. Uh, 84850, uh, one from Albert. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Raining in West Molson. I was about to put the washing out, says Jill. Say hello to my sister Alison and niece Sarah in California. We're getting on a plane to the UK later today and wish them a safe journey. They've got a full itinerary. They're going to Yorkshire, Durham, the Cotswold and Sussex. And on Wednesday after Highclere Castle, home of Downton Abbey. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you'll love it. And, uh, and Yvonne says, um, yes, um, uh, they'd mentioned Don Black because there's a show coming up at the Royal Festival Hall. He's 75 and he's very, very popular. Everybody loves Don Black. Everybody loves Don Black and his brother Michael. And um, that's why we mentioned him. According to my mum, says Malcolm, I was born just after midnight on the 15th of February 1942, just missing Valentine's Day by a few minutes. Thank God I was going to be called Valentine, but now I'm Mal and not Val. There you go. See, I don't know. No rain in St Albans. I was born at 4.20, says Noreen. Brother at 4.20. We weighed one ounce different. I thought you said you weighed an ounce. <laughs> Very small baby, wouldn't it? That's uh, 8.12 and 8.13. I don't, you know, I don't even know what I weighed. Doesn't help, does it, really? When you, when you don't know these uh, kind of things... You know, I, sp- I suppose I should really know what time I was born and how much I weighed. Eight pounds sounds quite a big baby to me. I don't know. Because you, you... That's heavy, is it? Right. That's what I... Th- yes, you, you were heavier, were you? You were 8'11". It looked like we're interested. Uh, producer has a sickest six penithin. I mean, so... D- I said to you a minute ago, because he's at 23, the happiest uh, that he's ever going to be. By the time he gets to 24, he's going to be miserable as sin. And because uh, at the moment he's, he's doing the fake, eh, I'm a very happy kind of person. Whereas I know it's fake because I've been in the business a long while. Uh, God's moving the furniture in West Hampstead, says Ronald. It's very weird in Harlington. Blue sky, thunder and torrential rain, says Angela. And little Julie says, wish Kevin in his shorts and white socks a happy birthday. Oh, he's hating it at the moment. <laughs> in uh, queue, crashing thunder and heavy rain. I like thunder. Some people are frightened by it, but I'm not. Doesn't bother me. Thunder and lightning in Paddington. On its way to you, says Gina. Thank you very much indeed. I love the way people sort of send it on to poor old Steve Allen. You've only got five minutes left for the gadget giveaway today. The Apple iPad Mini, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Especially now you're on holiday. Uh, Always a popular prize, this one. And you can get your hands on it at 6.30, because that's when the lines close for the competition. So one lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today by answering this question correctly. What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? What is the main ingredient in the Mexican dish guacamole? Actually, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I said the other week I was going to go and buy some, strangely enough. To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So gadget, then your answer, what's the main ingredient in Mexican dish guacamole? And then you send it to 84850 before 6.30. So you've got about four minutes to get it in as quick as possible. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after... The closing time. You won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Don't forget, every day we have a uh, free podcast for you, and that'll be up in around about 30 minutes. We're just releasing the podcast for yesterday, for the In Conversation, which was uh, was a cracking one the other day, with Denise Lewis and... uh, and the other one is going back into uh, EastEnders. She's going back in again. That's Samantha Womack, of course. And, of course, we were able to talk about pie in the sky and loads of other things. Really good one. Uh, we've got lots in, in store for you. 
lots of in conversations in the store and you can download them. The advice is download them as soon as they become free because that way you can then save them. They, they don't vanish once you've, once you've actually got them yourself. Uh, with breakfast this morning, Ian Dale standing in for Nick Ferrari as the Health Affairs Select Committee publish a report which reveals our A&Es are putting lives at risk. He'll want to know if you'll be taking Jeremy Hunt's advice by getting a health MOT. It's almost de rigueur, I think, nowadays. Plus, he'll be looking back over a weekend of British sporting success and finding out is cycling fast becoming our national sport. Looking at the papers today, Vicky Price will be in the uh, in the hot seat. Uh, plus, I think a little bit later on, so I'll be looking at whether, whether cycling is our national sport. I do hope not. And uh, Giles Brandreth will be coming in as well in the last ten minutes of the programme. Front pages of the uh, papers, because I know you like to know exactly what's on the front pages, and here is Mr Froome. Oi, they say, get a Froome, because he's kissing, I'm assuming it's his, uh, his wife. It could be his girlfriend. I don't know nowadays. It's fiancés, is it fiancés? Isn't it lovely, isn't it, when people have fiancés? A bit like Peter Andre and his, uh, his girlfriend, who is pregnant, incidentally, were all so thrilled and couldn't be more happy that they'd managed to secure yet more funding for their dreary show for another year. Killers and rapists at secure hospitals being allowed to watch brutal slasher movies. Oh, that's right, that was the thing I was going to mention to you. The front page of one of the, the Sunday papers this week was talking about, because Turkey has been in the news of late, when we had the 16-year-old girl who ran off with the waiter or whatever he was, and then we had a girl allegedly raped on the front of one of the Sunday papers in Turkey at a holiday resort, a man is in custody, and then surprisingly I happened to open up the sun and their holiday destination is Turkey, ladies and gentlemen. I think not. I think not. Daily Mail today, net porn block for every home. I don't know how they're going to manage that. I mean, how, how will that ever happen? It's the most accessed thing on the internet, porn. But they say that every householder to the internet will have their access to online porn blocked unless they ask to receive it. Well, that's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, Plus the winning kiss from Mr Froome and uh, the PC Blakelock murder. Man to be charged. Uh, In front of the Daily Express this morning, they've got uh, the story of Madeleine McCann... And they say here, new hope as British police get the go-ahead to start the search in Portugal because they say they think she's alive. But as I pointed out earlier on this morning, they can hardly say we think she's dead. So uh, that's why that's on the front page. And set to roast in the hottest day of the year, that's me, you and the cat. Don't forget to put water out for dogs outside. If your dog is outside, don't just assume that they're going to get loads of water. Unless you give it to them, they're not. So always take water in the car. And to the stupid couple who left their dog in the car and it nearly died... I hope they prosecute you in court. What's the story, Liam? A picture of poor old uh, Nicole Appleton. My God, time has not been good to Nicole, but very strained now because uh, Liam, uh, it is claimed, has a love child. He does come with a track record. I don't know why these people sound so surprised by all these things. Uh, the Independent this morning. Consumers to pay dirty coal power subsidies for years. And at the Times, Raider of the Ark, it's cycling, cycling, cycling. And the root cause of England's test... Success and uh, the lonely lives of the rural elderly people because of shop closures and bus services cuts. Uh, cut, there's lots more people living in isolation. Have a wonderful day today. The good news is the kids are on holiday, which means that the public transport should be empty. Bus drivers everywhere breathing a sigh of relief. That'll be nice, won't it? Not to deal with chain smoking teenagers on the top of buses anymore or people spitting. Most ghastly. They've started fining people in Ealing for spitting. I hope it extends to the rest of the, uh, the capital as quickly as possible. Have a great day and back with you tomorrow morning. Ian and the team with you at seven next on LBC 97.3. Susan Bookbinder.